Welcome to Game Face, episode 184 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. And I'm Matt Kyle. And we are here to bring you the biggest and the best in video games for the week. It has been a slow week. Such as it is. <laughs> Such yeah. as it is. I definitely had to work to get this episode together today. If uh, only this was a politics podcast, yeah, we'd be, we'd be we set. We have plenty to talk about, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not. We're talking about games, uh, but we do, I think we do have a good show. I think we're going to have some good discussions today. A couple games to talk about. Uh, a cu- one big game to talk about we're going to get to at the mm-hmm. end of the show, although you didn't have a ton of time to play it yet. Yeah. And we've already kind of talked about it. We have. We're not going to spoil it, but yeah, we have talked about it before. Uh, we do want to do it's one... More of a status report. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, a couple things. Game Face is up on Google Play. All you Androiders out there, all you Androids... Uh, can get the podcast again. It's on a delay. I think, I think both iTunes and Google Play are on a four-day delay from the show being live. And then, as you know, our YouTube version goes up like seven days later. So, if you're watching the show on YouTube and you like to get it earlier, and maybe you just listen to it on YouTube anyway, you can get it earlier on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, we just published an episode of Ask Shane Anything where I kind of walk you guys through how to set up your podcast feeds or sifted content. Uh, if you've been had problems or you're a little confused about it, watch that and it should help you out big time. Uh, let's see. We have a pleasant surprise for you guys today. So hmm. Matt Kyle, has uh, he, he built a new home some time ago. As you guys know, we did the show in there for quite a bit. And uh, he's been working on a project at his home all this time. How long have you lived in your house now? Um, about a year and a half. So Although I bought it. I bought it almost exactly two years ago. Yeah, and then you didn't move in for a bit. No, I had to do some work. Yep. Well, since then, Matt knocked had... out a fireplace or two. Yeah. You don't need you don't need four fireplaces in a, in L.A. You like, don't I really don't, need one. They, no. Not, I mean, <laughs> that, when I when we first moved here, that was one of my big things. Was like, I'm like, can you find me an apartment without a fireplace, wasting up wasting good TV wall space? <laughs> basically, I mean. Yeah. What do you do? When I was when I was looking for the house, one of my favorite moments was I'd been complaining about that every house I saw, and then at one point uh, I was talking about like doing that or changing the fireplace or like is it? And one of the the seller is the selling agent is like, come to this other house. So I'm seeing that they do something with a with a projection screen. Maybe you wouldn't have to change anything. I'm like, all right. So we went up, and it was like this seven and a half million dollar tri level mansion up in the Hollywood Hills. <laughs> you could count the rivets in the Hollywood sign from the back deck. It was a ama- had an Olympic sized pool in the back. It was like a Whoa. BoJack Horseman house, basically. Oh my gosh! But they had like this like screen that kind of lowered out of the ceiling, and uh, I'm like, the problem isn't that that. The problem is like. I don't want a fireplace. Also, if I put the fireplace, the fireplace is on when you have the the, the screen that the screen burns. Yeah, want to catch that, on right? fire? Um, <laughs> so like, uh, but while I was, I went up to see that this old woman in her like her sixties was yelling at this guy about like, why are there fireplaces everywhere? It's never cold enough to have fire. But I watch TV every day. Uh, I use the fireplace like two days a she year. She was saying the same city. thing you were. Yeah, and it turned out she was a sixty-five-year-old woman from Toronto. 
And I was like, thank you for not being, you know, everyone's looking at me like, oh, the nerd doesn't want a fireplace. They want wants to watch TV or whatever. Yeah. Like, thank you for being, like, completely different <laughs> demographic from a completely different part of the country, yeah. but not even part of the country, another part of the continent that was just like, yes, this is ridiculous. It's 90 degrees here all year. We do not need an f- open fire. Yep. So, so yeah. after Matt went through all that, he started yeah. setting in on a gigantic project at his house. I don't think you've talked about this on the show or anything. I've mentioned it a couple of times. Like, people have asked about it, like, but I stopped talking about it because it was taking so long. Yep, but I have a very large Transformers collection, uh, yep. and so the goal was to basically use one of the rooms in the house to be sort of a museum for them and to display everything I wanted to display, and then kind of pare down everything that I didn't manage to display. Uh, so I had been going through building the shelves, building the cases, trying to figure out a lighting solution for the nice cases because that's where the masterpieces go, and also just like it takes a long time to Marie Kondo like fifteen hundred toy robot. Like yeah. that's a lot of sparking joy and not sparking joy per per robot. But so, um, so Adam, bring up the photos so can Matt, Matt can start walking us through so, them. So we're uh, so this is the big shelf with like more current stuff. Um, so you can see this is like mostly like more recent stuff. Although one of the shelves is old G1 stuff that's too big to fit on the other G1 shelf. Uh, the empty shelf is the, the shelf above the empty shelf is current. The, the War for Cybertron Siege figure. So the shelf below that is sort of growing space because there's going to be a lot more of those in the next I like years. that shelving unit, actually. Where'd you, is that Ikea? No, I got that years and years ago from some online place. That I, would I had, hold records really well. I had that in my old in the old apartment, ah, too. Okay. That's been there for, I've had that for like 15 years. Um, but I don't. I think I got it from some online ordering thing. I, I didn't get it from Ikea, I'm sure of that. Is there any specific thing on the top? Any theme? Um, the, t- the top is combiners, mostly, and cities. So the com- it's, uh, that's where all the things that are too tall to go anywhere else end up. Okay. So there's a, there's a couple more that will go up there, and that's about it. Uh, that those are the, the, the big ones are called the Titan classes, and uh, they don't fit anywhere else. So yep. that's where they've ended up. All right, next photo. That is mostly older things. So that's th- the top is, again, things that are too big to fit elsewhere. Uh, and then you've got three shelves of G- original G1 that's all vintage original stuff. Those are all my original old old figures. And then below that is Beast Wars, and below that is Transformers Prime, which is the more recent CG show. I don't know how clear you guys can see these photos on the stream, but if you can see them on the computer monitor where I'm seeing them, they are so dense. with tran- Each shelf is so dense with Transformers. Yeah, there's a lot. It's crazy. All right, now here comes, here comes the real... Yeah, this thing is, that you this did. is the, the masterpieces. And this is the stuff that he has worked on for a while. Let it come into focus Resolve. there. Resolve. So these are the masterpieces. These are the super high end, like all to scale. Like they're all like, they all look like the animation models, but they still transform into the proper alternate modes. And this, so there's a lot of empty space here because they haven't made figures of a lot of them yet, but they're about halfway there. We're getting there. There's a lot of combiner teams that are being made right now. You can see the empty spaces waiting for them. And then the painting up above. The painting up above is is a one-of-a-kind uh, concept art of Cybertron from the War for Cybertron game by High Moon Studios. I got that at an auction at DICE many, many years ago uh, with the plan to pretty much do something like this with it one day, and so I finally did. And then uh, my, our friend Kevin, uh, who he does neon signs now, and he's going to make a neon sign of each of the Autobot and Decepticon logos to go on either side of that. Because they're split up by Autobot and Decepticon. Yeah, the, the left side's all Autobots and the right side's all Decepticons. And to go along with that, uh, the LEDs uh, can change color. And? So, that, so now you have the Autobot red and the Decepticon purple on, on each side, which will look real good with the 
with the neon signs and I can and, and the there's an app for those things so I can actually change them like in a full color wheel palette so I can I'll be able to match the red and the purple to whatever the red and the purple of the neon turns out to be. <laughs> That's awesome. That is freaking that awesome. That is the third lighting solution I attempted. That took me about 2 months just to get figure out a lighting solution that would work and still let me change colors because there was a lot of tricky wiring and there was some soldering that didn't work properly and there was finally I just took these like color change Wi-Fi LED strips and line the whole thing like a movie poster cabinet and and there it is there you go so I think how okay. does it feel to have something like that in mind for so long and then kind of put all the parts together but never put assemble mm -hmm. them and then to have it all finally done it feels pretty good but it also kind of feels like sad <laughs> oh really because it's like Cause something it's you've been thinking about yeah, all this like, time. like oh it's done yeah. Now you sort of wait for them to make things and put them in the shelves. <laughs> and then I'm done. I have a horrible feeling that once it's all finished, I'm going to decide I want to get rid of them. Like you're just going to have this epiphany <laughs> where you're like, like purge. I don't want Transformers. But I anymore. have like a giant, I have two giant boxes of stuff I'm getting rid of because like just old things or, you know, Unicron Trilogy stuff that I don't want anymore or things that, you know, you don't need 15 Optimus Primes. Yeah. So I'm going to take some up to my nephew. I'm going to sell a bunch of stuff that's still boxed. I'm going to sell old third party stuff that has been surpassed. Um, probably there's some people I like on Twitter that tw tweet about Transformers. I might offer to send some of those to them. Um, but like, you know, I'll, it, so now like it's going to be a, I'm going to be spending a lot of time on eBay selling this crap. Um, it's not crap. I like it all, but like, there's just no room. Yeah. You know, I, Even in your house. there's. Yeah. <laughs> but there are no longer any Transformers in the house outside Other than of that room. where they're supposed to be. Yeah. They are all, they're all in that room now. You it is a weird dichotomy though, that. That feeling of accomplishing something, but then realizing that it was something that was really important to you for a long time, yeah. and now it's kind of gone. Yeah, and now it's like, well, because I'm waiting for like a lot of the you know the future. You know, there's the you know they're making combiners and new toys coming out. You know, every few months or so. But it's like this weird thing where it's like the collection curation process is no longer in any way in my hands. Yep. Like I'm literally just waiting for companies to, to make, make things. stuff. Like I'm never, yeah. I don't have that thing in the back of my head where I'm just like, it's like, well, you could you could build those shelves now. I'm like, nah, <laughs> nah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play more Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a, uh, a long process, but I think it looks pretty good. Yep. So there you go, um, Matt's amazing Transformers collection. There, there is a sound wave. There was a uh, Justin Horman's asking. There is. There are several blasters and several sound waves. And actually, I didn't take a picture. There's, there's one tiny corner, like a corner shelf over in the back of the room that I haven't filled up yet because it's not secured to the wall yet. Um, but that's where a bunch of kind of odds and ends are going to go. And on top of that is uh, my original Soundwave and original Optimus Prime, the first two I ever got for Christmas in 1984. So they're 35 years old this year. So those are kind of the originals. They got a little place of honor up there, but I didn't take a picture of that because it's mostly empty. Awesome. So there you go, Matt's amazing Transformers collection. A couple things before we get going. Uh, for a lot of you, Twitch Prime is probably turning over. We tend to bring this up once a month on Game Phase. Uh, so for a lot of you, it's probably turning over. Mr. 60, thank you for subscri subscribing via Twitch Prime. I see in the chat that it was uh, 16 months in a row, so thank you. All the folks watching on Patreon, on Sifted, on YouTube, if you could kindly do that. Uh, we really, really need the help with Twitch Prime, and we're going to need it for the next several months. So if you could remember to do that, that would be absolutely awesome. So with that... It's time to kick off Game Face episode 184. We're going to start with, do you think this was the biggest game that actually has come out in the last seven days? I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. We're going to talk about Code Vein. Unless you count today. Yeah, right. Yep. Well, 
Yeah. Which is early access stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. We're going to talk about Code Vein. Well, I, I was surprised because, look, I, I actually was neck deep in Transformers stuff in that room for, like, seven days. And when I finally surf, I'm like, oh, God, what came out? Like, what should I be playing? And it was nothing. It was just, yeah. it was, I mean, it was Code Vein, but, like, I I didn't, I passed on Code I'm Vein. I'm surprised because it's right in your wheelhouse, right? But I'm tired of souls alike. Are you? I'm, I'm, re- I, I, I'm tired of, like, kind of this, oh, it's almost like that thing you like. And also, I, I don't like the God Eater games, so yeah. I just didn't. I didn't trust the pedigree at all. We'll see. What, I don't know. I will see what you think of it. So I did play Code Vein. Bandai Namco sent me a review code, and I felt it was my duty to at least give it a shot. I've played, I don't know, probably like five or six hours of it. Um, and the reason, another reason, I did kind of take it up and play it is because there are. It doesn't signif- look like a very positive lower third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are elements of this that make it different from Dark Souls that I thought might make me like it more. So mm-hmm. probably the biggest of which is that there's really no stamina meter. Uh, there is a meter, but the way that you refill it, it's not on like a cooldown. You use attacks to refill what is mm. essentially the stamina meter in this game. So you're rewarded for doing specific things in combat. And I'd never really found myself like, oh my gosh, I'm out of stamina in the game. And so that's why I gave it a chance and I decided to play it. but. I'll tell you what, it was hard to play it for five or six hours. So let's see, where do I begin? I guess I should kind of give you guys a crib notes version of the story. Uh, it's, I bet there's vampires. Yeah. yeah. So it's a post-apocalyptic game. Since the, the world has basically been torn asunder. And uh, you are a part of a group called the Revenants. They're basically vampires. They are creatures that need blood to survive. However... You do not get the blood from human beings. It's not you're not the typical hunt humans and suck their blood and stay alive vampires. There are plants that supply the blood. And the plants are beginning to run out. They're starting to become extinct. And so you're like, oh my gosh, our entire race of beings may be wiped out. And so it's kind of a race between you and another faction to basically take command of the last remaining blood plants in the world. Um as you can see, there's anime cutscenes. There aren't that many of them. This is the opening cutscene, and it's pretty good. Uh, the majority of the story, though, is told through in-engine cinematics, and they're not great. Um, one thing I should probably say, and I know this won't bother some people, but it may bother other people. This game is, well, here you go. This game is crazy sexualized. Like, there's one scene where they literally show the pan from one of the character's boobs up to her face three times in a row. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> you know the shot. They do it in every anime. Yeah. They did it three times in a row. Uh, the the second leading character has a shirt that's like ripped and like bare, like about to come off. Her boobs are about to burst out of her shirt. So if stuff like that bothers you, it's this is one of the more egregious examples. It's not Senran Kagura bad, but mm-hmm. it's brushing right up against that kind of level of sexualization. I know some people don't care about that. Some people do. So I figured I'd bring it up. Um, like Dark Souls, when you die, you have to go back and find your corpse and reclaim all your stuff or you lose it. Um, that is one sort of tenant of Dark Souls that has been brought over. But honestly, I think that the combat to me probably is what's most different for better and for worse. I think what will probably bother Dark Souls fans the most about this game is that the enemy AI is terrible terrible like there aren't even really attack patterns to memorize in fact a lot of the times the enemies just kind of 
just shuffle around and wait for you to kind of initiate, it's really weird. Um, I would say it's a lot easier too, because again, you're not really worrying about a stamina meter. There, there's a, a thing called drain moves. Um, anytime you pull off a drain move, it gives you icor, uh, which is basically the the mana that you need to pull off special moves. So via combat, as long as you're using your drain moves, you're always going to have enough uh, juice to pull off your special moves. And I think that really encouraged me to kind of try out everything in the combat suite. Uh, especially when I've only, I'm just starting to play a game, I'll find like a combo or something that I feel like works and I can pull off yeah, all the time. I just sort of decided to go another direction there. Didn't yeah, you? I mean, this is what the enemies do. They just kind of stumble around and wait for you to kind of initiate them. They won't really just come in and attack. And then once they do, it's like their attacks are more blatantly telegraphed than in Dark Souls. It's really easy to kind of see that tell to know when to parry because parries, um, drain moves... And backstabs will all rebuild that meter for you so mm-hmm. that you can pull off your special attacks. So it, again, the game kind of encourages you to, uh, to use the entire arsenal. One thing you may have noticed looking at this footage is that you have an, a companion. Yeah, I'd heard that the companion makes it way too easy. It makes it a lot easier. Because if you fall down, she revives you. Hmm. So it's, it's not impossible to die in this game because the enemies do pack a wallop. If they hit you like twice, you basically die. Um, But you do always have that fallback there of your AI character there to help you. The other thing I would say, too, about the AI characters is that they're pretty good. They they actually do damage, which, Mm. and look, we're not even just talking about action RPGs. Almost every genre where you have an AI partner, they act like they're doing stuff, but the results don't usually equal what looks like the effort that's being put in. In this game, they can't... Look, they can't take big chunks out of bosses or anything like that, but they'll kill rank-and-file enemies all on their own. Like, you can just stand back, and they'll just, like, take care of it for you, which, again, does make the game easier than a Dark Souls game, but also makes it, to me, more palatable to people who haven't been big fans of Dark Souls. Another reason why I decided to give this game a try. Um, Let's see. You can have eight abilities equipped at once. They're called Gifts, and... uh, One thing I like about this game, honestly, more than Dark Souls, more than Bloodborne, more than a lot of action RPGs, is you're not pigeonholed into one class. So you do pick a class when you begin the game, and when you first start with a class, you do just have to stick to the abilities that that class has. Once you get to a certain point with each class, though, you can start taking bits and pieces from each class and mixing them together to create your character. I will point out that you are not pigeonholed into anything in the Dark Souls or Bloodborne games. Like, picking your, picking your class at the beginning of those games, all it does is determine your starting stats. That's it? That's it. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's purely like if you th- think you'd rather use this or this or this, you, they'll give you a, a head start in the stats that are relevant to that. You can, I mean, I start, you can start as a mage. I started routinely in Dark Souls 2 when I play that. I start as a pure mage, and by the end of it, I'm a sword and shield guy. Like, you, you can adjust on the fly however you want. Oh, I've never played a Dark Souls game long Long enough enough to to realize that. That's hilarious. I've never made it that far. Yeah, the starting class you pick means literally nothing Ah. in Dark Souls. But I still like that feature inside Code Vein. Mm -hmm. It's nice because a lot of other action RPGs do not allow you to do that. So it was kind of a breath of fresh air for me to just kind of spec out my guy the way that I wanted to. Um, The level design in this game, it tries to be Dark Souls. It does the whole, you're in a maze, and then you come to a door, and you're like, oh my gosh, this links back to the other part Mm -hmm. of the level design. 
But the levels themselves are so drab and so boring and so repetitive. Like, they're themed like you're in a cave. But then you, you're in that cave for, like, mm-hmm. two hours. It's the same textures repeating over and over. I don't know if anybody does that better than From, really. Yeah. Like, like I mean, because, like, Dark Souls stuff, is it's dark and castle-y and cave and but it doesn't feel drab or there are landmarks in dark souls and there's architecture and yeah you know the 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 environments tend to tell some kind of a story about what they used to be and kind of it's as opposed to like yeah this is clearly just you know video game cave number 4085 oh yeah and there are in the in the dungeons quote unquote in this game are very confusing because they all look the same and they're all labyrinthine and so it can be very challenging to try to figure out, like, honestly, I felt good about finding those doors because I realized I was going the right way finally. Like, it's very uh-huh. easy to get lost in this game or get turned around and start going the, uh, the wrong direction and then realize, oh, wait, I've been go- I was going the other way. Uh, it's just very samey. There aren't, like, big memorable landmarks like there are in Dark Souls. Like, like, in Dark Souls, there's always, like, a foreboding castle that you're, like, working towards or whatever. In this game, you're just always kind of stuck in these cattle shoots. Uh, with the repetitive textures, it it's easy to see the things that Dark Souls does very well when you're playing this mm-hmm. game. It's a stark contrast. And look, this is coming from the same publisher that publishes Dark Souls. But to me, it's pretty obvious that the uh, From Software team did not consult on this game. I think they did the best that they could to kind of ape its most obvious features. And that's about as far as it goes. Um, if it was that easy, everybody do it. The other thing about the level design, too, is that there are tons of bottomless pits. Yeah, I see that. Where if you just make one mistake, you fall and you die. And so, and you can't be revived when that stuff happens. And I, I died just falling off ledges dozens and dozens of times in this game. Because you get involved in combat and you're mm. not paying attention and your foot just slips off the edge and off you go. Um, that got really annoying to me. In fact, that was probably one of the biggest reasons I ultimately quit playing. Um, the creature design, pretty good. It does, like, I already saw, and I've only played a handful of hours, but I've already seen creatures that I saw at the beginning of the game reappear, like, five hours later. Like, you thought you had worked through them, and you just kind of kept getting new enemies, and then all of a sudden, creatures from the beginning of the game were appearing again. So, again, I have not played the whole game, but what I've played so far, the enemies are already starting to repeat. Um, and again, enemies a big part of that Souls formula, you know, the grotesque enemies mm-hmm. that all have different attack patterns and you have to... And all kind of fit their environment. Like, that's the th- yeah. one of the things that's good about Dark Souls is, like, you find things, places that it makes sense that you'd find them. And it's not just populated, oh, I'll just use those guys here. Kind of thing. There's thought behind it. Uh, performance-wise, the engine doesn't hold up. It, the frame rates dip pretty regularly. Um... And again, the game rarely draws all that much at this a is time. On Pro. Yeah. And it rarely draws all that much, but for whatever reason, that frame rate buckles like all the time. That's not good for a Souls alike. Yeah, it, it's not good because, but again, I think you, you have more leeway in this game. Mm-hmm. You have, a, I think, the wind, I don't know for sure, I haven't timed it, but it feels like the window that you have to react with parries and things like that is wider. Because there were times where. I reacted, and I was like, oh, I screwed that up, and then still somehow I managed to parry and get behind. And then the backstab is really important in this game because you parry around, you get behind, they can't attack you, then you do the backstab, and that builds up your special meter. So 
what I found that I do a lot in this game is parry, roll around behind, backstab. Parry, roll around behind, backstab. You're, you're getting the Dark Souls pattern then. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I guess what I would say in closing on this game is how long has it been since a Dark Souls came out? It's been, what, a year and a half? I mean, if you don't count Sekiro, um, yeah, about two years. Yeah. So if Dark you're Souls 3, Dark Souls 3, 2017, if you're really itching for Dark Souls, I, I mean, I would say this is the closest facsimile to it. There are other games that are aping the idea and the level design, like the Surge 2 and things like that. But mm -hmm. if you're talking about how the game plays, kind of the difficulty curve of the game, the aesthetics of a game, um, this to me is the closest thing to Dark Souls. Yeah, I just wouldn't. I'm. I don't like anime horror fantasy stuff yeah like i and i'm not saying that as like an anime again I, I got a whole shelf full of anime on dvd and blu-ray at home I, I grew up watching anime stuff i like it but i've never liked the like the supernatural horror subgenre like i like like the helsing and and yeah uh, and even, even vampire hunter d to some degree kind of left me meh. like i just don't find it to be compelling i, I mostly think like the because they use a lot of, like, you know, modified versions of, like, vampires or werewolves. And I always think they're just sort of lame-looking. Um, I don't know. If I'm going to go, like, anime style, I'd probably prefer to go sci-fi with it. Um, I guess Astral Chain a little bit. Yeah. Although, like, Astral Chain, I think, falls victim to the same thing where I think the monsters just sort of look generically anime supernatural horror-y. Like, I just don't find them interesting they just look big and lumpy and spiky and bleh, like, and that's what they look like to me here. Except they do have some nice big axes, I guess. Yeah. Um, I would say to your point about this being developed by the God Eater team, the combat does feel like God Eater at times. Yeah, it looks like it. Because like, a lot of the swords are like gigantic mm -hmm. Buster swords that you would see in Monster Hunter or something like that. The Cloud has a lot to answer for. Yeah, the, the feedback, like the force feedback that you get from combat feels okay. It definitely doesn't feel as good as the Souls games. It doesn't look like you have as much like variety as the Souls games in terms of like what you want to use or how things work. Well, like I said, you have eight abilities equipped at a time. Mm -hmm. and it, it, I mean, in terms of... Which, I'm not using them all, though. I mean, in terms of which weapon oh, yeah, or yeah. weapon chain, you know, because like you, if you want to use a big, heavy thing, monstrous sword or, or axe or hammer, you can in Dark Souls. But you can also use like a smaller faster weapon like a needle like a, blade yeah that kind of thing like there's a lot of and most of it's viable so i, I always like that about dark souls was that you from always that that team always made sure that however you wanted to play it was more or less playable yep and with dark souls obviously the plot is kind of one of these obtuse things where the more you kind adventure, of a big scavenger hunt right yeah. the more you you adventure the more you understand about it this is the opposite of that. This is big, dumb anime game, beat you over the head with the plot, and it is, it's offensively dumb. Mm -hmm. So don't play the game for story or anything like that. You're going to be really disappointed. But if you're looking for the closest thing to a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne in 2019, I hate to say it, this is probably mm -hmm. it. You might Although want to probably... just play Bloodborne again. Yeah. I don't know. People, I think a lot of people who play Bloodborne have already played it like multiple times. Oh, yeah, but like... I mean, people do. And fans, fans of those games play them over and over. I mean, I played Dark Souls 2 four times. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for something new, uh, this is probably your best bet. Or if you haven't bought Sekiro, probably Sekiro's... Sekiro's yeah. definitely the vastly superior game. I'll say that right now. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's a different setting. It's a different tone yeah, than this. I mean, Sekiro, you can feel the Souls pedigree, but it's not a Souls, Souls game. game. Yeah. And this honestly is like... 
I feel like Bandai Namco said to itself, okay, how close can we make our own Dark Souls game without From Software not wanting to work with us anymore? Mm. I'm sure they don't mind. I mean, as long as they're not, ma- it's not it, it, as long as they're not making them just churn out Souls games. Yeah. I don't know. It's a pretty blatant ripoff, and the parts that they've done to change it don't necessarily make it. All I would much guess better. Miyazaki's used to that by now. I mean, you make a paradigm shifting game, people are gonna rip it off, you know. Yeah, but it's just, and and he also that team has to know that they're pretty safe in terms of that, just because it's so hard to do. You know, it's like it's like how Miyamoto didn't care that everybody was ripping off Mario back in the day because no one else did it as well. Yeah, you know, it's not as. It's not as easy as just like making it look like the same thing. You got to make it feel like the same thing, and that takes a certain, a certain talent that only certain teams have. Yeah, there's there's comfort in confidence. Yeah, and if you're confident that you're making the best example of whatever you're working on, then maybe you don't care so much if other people try. Yeah, because I, in a lot of cases, those other projects are just going to make your project yeah, they just look highlight all the why you're so good at it. Yep, and absolutely. I have, to, I have to feel like Miyazaki and the, and the Souls team are kind of in that space and i would say that that's pretty much what does happen with this game mm-hmm. it, it's a clear example of why dark souls was that paradigm shift and why it is kind of the gold standard in that subgenre. yeah i mean one day someone will make something look at that coming that in good. 2018 wow. here we are almost at the end of 2019 like i think the surge guys uh i think like their next game might be might be there. Might be something to to yeah to put on that same maybe i've been contemplating shelf. playing the surge too I didn't get very far in the first one, though. No, I mean, I didn't. I didn't pick up the surge too. I don't know when I would pick up the surge too. It's yeah, just, I don't know. Because here come now. This was kind of our last little respite before mm-hmm. Q4 really kicks in. So, so there you go. Code Vein is available for PC, PS4, Xbox One. Wouldn't be shocked if it ends up on Switch, to be honest with you. I mean, despite the fact that it runs kind of crappy, it's not really that demanding of a game graphically. Like, I feel like a good team could get it to work on Switch. Uh, but my, I, have a, I have a feeling, well, that's the thing with Switch. They don't they don't only put games on Switch that sold poorly to sell more. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a double-edged sword. If it sells poorly, sometimes they put it on Switch because they're like, oh, we need to recoup our losses and that's a quick and dirty port. Sometimes they're only going to put stuff on Switch because it sold really well on the other platforms. Um, this one, I think, might be the, the earlier case of it sold like crap and we need to try to get as much money back out of it as we can. If they can do the port easily enough and cheap enough, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you gave it to the team that actually made this version, I question whether they'd be able to do it. But there are some studios out there that are just becoming like Switch port houses, Mm -hmm. where they made the first game, they proved that they could do it, and now all these other publishers are coming to them being like, hey, can we get in line? Can you do ours next for Switch? Um, We need more studios like that, I think. There's only like three or four right now. They're definitely going to need more. I mean, that's... Oh, maybe not. I mean, once you hit next gen, you're pretty much given up on moving those you to the are. switch. So yeah. it might not. You know, that what looks like a boom market right now might it might be reduced to like getting you know older this gen, current gen stuff exactly. moved to the switch over the course. That's of next what gen. that's what I think is going to happen because you need to give it software. I mean, it's, yeah, it's doing very well, and you want to make money. So I think and that's it what depends. Like you know, if if they are indeed doing the full backwards compatibility, like per, a period where like you know PS4 and PS5 are compatible versions it just looks better on ps5 um you know theoretically that's a scalability issue that you could extend to the switch yeah and it wouldn't be impossible yeah it would just look way way worse which is sort of like the i was gonna say you know you get what you pay for but the switch ain't cheap it's not (laughs) yeah yeah. that's true 
So anyway, there you go. Code Vein out now on all major platforms minus Switch. All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Oculus Connect. I believe it's Oculus Connect 6. Sure. That's crazy. Been a few of them. Yeah, so Oculus Connect arguably is the biggest VR event of the year. I think it's safe to say at this point. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of where Oculus kind of damning with faint praise. It is, yeah. yeah. It's kind of where Oculus rolls out all its new technology, its new its new initiatives, its new mm -hmm. games for its various Rift platforms, which are becoming more confusing and more and more bountiful by the day. Uh, it seems like every six months we get some new permutation or combination of something Rift related. Um, but I think Oculus Quest, which is the wireless version of Rift, mm -hmm. is I think that's the big paradigm shift for VR in the last several years i mean it's certainly the goal i think and yeah i mean uh, vive has one coming too i don't remember what it's called but it's not the steam one it's not the steam index right, it's, right. it's the actual htc vive is doing a uh wireless one it's got it's got pretty similar resolution to this to the index um i'm surprised htc hasn't thrown in the towel in vr at they're still point. trying they I, mean, I mean i looked at it pretty close uh for because like the wireless is kind of the thing that would get me back in to like the high end headsets. Yep. But the reviews on it were not tremendous. I mean, even with Quest, you're because you're still paying seven hundred dollars. I for know. That. You know it's, yeah. It's, mm. Even with Quest, though, you're you're still making sacrifices for that wire oh, yeah. wireless model. Um, but one of the things that Oculus is doing is this: what we're seeing right now. They're trying to get Quest on par feature-wise with its other headsets, and now there is hand-tracking in Oculus mm -hmm. Quest, or it's coming. It hasn't launched yet. But that's some pretty cool tech, unless yeah. you're the person wearing the Quest and other people are watching you use it. Because <laughs> all of a sudden you're just yeah, standing you there. you look like a crazy person. You, you do. You absolutely do. But this is uh, it's good to see that they've brought this tech over. I believe there's like forward-facing cameras on it that makes it mm -hmm. possible uh, that were kind of there all along, and I think they were put in there knowing that ultimately this functionality would, would show up. Um, but could you would you recommend anyone buying anything but an Oculus Quest at this point? I mean, if you really want the high end thing, I mean, the Steam Index is probably the the top of the line. But it's, yeah. the price is crazy, and you're still wired to a computer, and you need the base stations. I mean, I wouldn't get this either. I feel like it's too primitive right now. But I feel like the next one, or the next, or the next one after that one, yeah. will be on par with something with like a really high end experience. I mean. It, like, this is really cool, but I feel like it's still kind of prototyping the tech in some ways. Like, never buy the first iteration of anything. Yeah. As, as a longtime Apple user, I know damn well not to buy the first one. <laughs> so the Quest is cool. The hand tracking is cool. Like, I like all that stuff, but I would not put spend money on it until we've got a couple versions down the line. The resolution's higher. The hand tracking is more refined. Uh, the battery life's maybe a little better. Um, and uh, the screen door effect dealt with a little more. Yeah, and frame rate, um, everything. Frame rates, yeah. all of it, it'll be improved. And especially I mean, for someone like me, I'm definitely not jumping in on the first one. Yeah, you're still looking at kind of, you're still kind of beta testing yeah. here if you're if you're buying these early quests. Now I'll say this, I, I have wondered often over the last four years if companies were going to bail. I mentioned THC, I thought absolutely was going to bail on VR. It hasn't. And I knew Oculus was less likely to do it because it has Facebook's money mm. and it has deep pockets and it can keep shelling it out. But I think after this Oculus Connect, I don't think there's any doubt now that Facebook is 1,000% behind VR. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the large reasons they were bought. Yeah. Or, or they bought Oculus, rather. 
Yep. So Facebook Horizon, they announced it at Oculus mm-hmm. Quest. It is. This is what they're really after. It is. This is a virtual world that mm-hmm. you live in using your Oculus headset. Because if there's anything everyone wants to do, it's live in your Facebook comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did you think of this? Did you check out the trailer? This trailer. Yeah. For it? I mean, it's. I know this is like what they're after and what they've always been after, like this sort of virtual Facebook space. Um, but it just seems sort of absurd to me. Like, I don't I mean, I don't know. Like, I thought Home was stupid on PlayStation as well, but there's people that love that. So maybe, but it's just, I don't feel like, I don't, I don't see Facebook as a place that I want to spend a lot more time in, yeah. frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a necessary evil for me in my life right now. It's, it's not something that I look forward yeah, like to Like, I don't want to race planes with those people. I just want to keep up with, you know, invites to parties and, and yell at them about, like, movies. Right, that, yeah. Which I guess you could do virtually, but I mean, unless, unless you put in a fighting minigame, there's not really going to be much, much, much uh, enhancement to it. Yeah, because the strange part is that the people that I know that spend the most time on Facebook and would be interested in something like this are really old. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're old. But I'm talking about, like, retirement age old. Like, those yeah. are the people that really spend a ton of time on Facebook because they can and they want to. Yeah, boomers. Yeah, like my mom. Like, yeah. my mom lives on Facebook. She takes photos all day, posts them, her friends on Facebook, like all of them. Like, it's this thing that older people do. And those are the people, I think, who would love something like this. Also, everybody but they not have no interest legs. in VR. The like, lack of legs is really bizarre. It is. Like, I don't understand why they're doing it. Because they don't want to animate that. You know, you get into inverse kinematics and trying to make the feet land on the floor all the time. and it's just It makes it more difficult. Yeah. yeah. But, like... Usually when you want to, like, avoid something like that, you make a decision to abstract the avatars a little more as opposed to, like, very humans solid... Humans with no legs. Human, yeah, cartoon humans with no no lower body is a very strange way to go with that. Yeah. So that is kind of the big open-world environment. Like you said, PlayStation Home. It's basically Oculus's take on that, which did horribly. Although people seemed awful upset when it went away, which mm. is kind of weird. I mean, there were some people that really dug it. Yeah. Um, in part because it was so unused that it became sort of like a niche Chat community for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, they were mostly left alone because no one remembered it existed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, stuff like that happens. I mean, I was part of E-World back in the 90s. <laughs> who, remember, who remembers that? Apple's on AOL competitor. Yep. Which uh, then they shut that down after like a year and a half and moved everybody over to AOL, and it sucked. Remember one of the things everybody complained about was when the – when you got mail in eWorld, a little red mail truck showed up on the on the thing, and, and uh, a, a voice said, "You have mail." And then when we switched to AOL, it was the dude saying, "You've got mail." And I was like, "That's grammatically incorrect." <laughs> and there was a whole thing where people like figured out how to replace the the oh, wave file, so it was the eWorld version. <laughs> like it was it was bizarre. <laughs> That is and then, like, you look it up in the past. I think eWorld had, like, a thousand users. It was like nobody used that thing. Yeah. I was only on it because it came free with the computer I bought. I mean, I suspect the same thing's going to happen with this. Yeah. I mean, that's... Because, the, like I said, the market is... I mean, it's also what happened with Home. Yeah. It's like, it was, on the P, it was on the PS3. It was free. Why not? And some people got sucked in, and most people didn't. Yep. So, and, so a more confined kind of take on that is called Facebook Shared Spaces... My prediction, Matt, has come true. Do you remember? Hmm? Back when we first started talking about Facebook and Oculus, I was like, oh, I know what they're going to do. They're going to create virtual living spaces where you're going to end up paying for furniture that goes into your virtual space Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Here it is. 
It's basically a virtual living room that you can sit in with other people and hang out. You can watch like football games on mm -hmm. the virtual TV and you can hang out with them. They have not talked yet about the monetary stuff that I kind of predicted would happen. Right now they're just displaying the tech and showing you what's possible, but I guarantee it. As this, as this evolves, they're gonna start selling virtual furniture for your virtual space so your virtual friends can come over and hang out with you. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's a no brainer. If you wonder how, you know, Facebook is like, ah! yeah, <laughs> Facebook is like, how are we gonna make money? This is how Facebook's gonna make money. Um, I mean, I think this was always the plan. Yeah. I mean, they never publicly stated that that was the plan. Though. No, but I mean, it was obvious this is what they're after. They're, they're after the ability to, that's what you're trying to sell. Because Facebook's, you know, ostensibly about keeping in touch with people all over the world that otherwise you might lose touch with, um, as well as pushing amazing numbers, amounts of propaganda at you yeah. for money. But um, the... Uh, the point of this was for buying a VR company always seemed to be like to do that with the VR space yep. um, because that lets you do crazy. I mean, the monetary incorporation is, is, is endless for that. Like not just like buying furniture or whatever, but like, okay, let's say you can get like, you know, a family that lives four different places in the country to come together in a virtual living room. And we all want to watch the new release, the new, the new Marvel movie that just came out on digital. And then we rent that through Facebook's rental service and boom. Yeah, like they've it, just made four dollars or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and like everybody gets to sit around. It's like you're sitting around on your own couch with your family, but like you're watching the movie together. But you know, you're not. You're, you're <laughs> no, but you're but you're getting. You know, Facebook's getting usage usage time. Facebook made money from you buying the the headset. Facebook probably made money from you buying like personal things to be on the avatar to make it look like you or to make it like make the room Cosmetics, look like your, yeah. your old living room. Yeah. Um. Or and like you're making money off of renting whatever the content you're sort of enjoying in tandem. It makes so much damn sense. It does. Yeah. Um. All you need to do is make it work and work so, well. Yeah. Um. Then the the final thing that. Uh, that was shown off is a storefront for Oculus. Right. Which is crazy that <laughs> it hasn't been done until now. Well, they had a it's store. It's called Oculus Link. But they it was a, like separate from... It was like a website. Right. It was, yeah, it was you not part of the headset. It was not part of the headset. And now, organically, it's a part, or natively, it's a part of the headset environment. So if mm -hmm. you want to buy something or you're playing a demo and while you're playing it, you want to buy it, you don't have to turn off your headset, go to your PC, buy it, and then download it. You can do that directly from the headset now, which, great idea, but something yeah. that probably should have been there a long time ago. Well, I mean, it makes more sense now that they're a self-contained wireless thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it was, you know, like the Vive, it's easy to just take it off and do whatever you need to do on Steam. Cause the but Quest, right it's there. a whole but different on the Quest, story. You have to, everything has to be self-contained. So. Yeah. And I guess if there's one disappointment uh, from the whole show, it's a lack of games. Usually this is the place where Oculus shows off all its big stuff coming. Vincent but... says Oculus Link is not the storefront. What? It's the, th it's the thing that lets you play PC VR games on your Quest. Oh, interesting. Like a remote play thing? I don't think that's accurate, though. Hmm? I mean, if you watch that trailer, it shows all the games behind it. It's, it's going to be, it's going to link, basically, your headset to the PC. And that's mm -hmm. why it's called Link which makes total sense. Yeah. That's why they're showing all the games behind the headsets there, because you'll be able to purchase games directly from your headset. And maybe play them off the PC, because like, those things don't have a lot of internal storage. Well, that's a big problem for Quest is that it doesn't have a lot of content. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Vincent mentioned. You're gonna be able to play games that were originally only for Oculus Rift 
on Oculus Quest also through this mm. new platform that they're launching. Um, and so anyway, getting back to the games, they really didn't debut any games but one. And it was kind of a big one. Uh, Respawn, a Respawn game no less, and they're making Medal of Honor Above and Beyond exclusively for Oculus headsets. Mm. Uh, this World War II shooting franchise has been MIA for quite a while, but obviously EA still owns it, and mm-hmm. EA owns I mean, it was Respawn. Around, it was around recently, but it was modern stuff. Right. We, we haven't seen it do World War II in a long time. What was the last Medal of Honor? Um, God, I can't remember. I, is there one for this gen? For I, Gen 8? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think there is. There like, was, it's been like seven, eight years since we've got I think one. it was it Warfighter? Metal of Honor Warfighter? No, that was Ghost Recon. The Adva- Ghost Recon Advanced one? Warfighter. It was something like that. It was. Yeah. It was like it had some. It was. It, they did the reboot one in modern times, and then there was another one that did uh, that had like a weird subtitle. One of them had that like weird Uncanny Valley cutscene of that woman with the hair. I don't remember. Like, that. that became a meme for a while. Like huh. this, they, they, the, these characters, these characters that looked really realistic, except for the way their hair connected to their head, and it was bizarre. But that was years and years ago. Yeah. Um, like, this franchise has been MIA for quite a while. Do you think it was the right yeah, move? Yeah, Warfighter. That's what it, it was, Warfighter? Yeah. yeah, for PS3. Yeah, Medal of Honor Warfighter. You were right. Interesting. Um, do you think this was the right move to bring this back for Oculus? I don't know. Who cares? Like, it's like you might as well. I mean, it's kind of neat that Respawn's going back to the 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 you know they started Medal. Of, they didn't start Medal of Honor, but they did Allied Assault, which yeah. sort of revolutionized. Which the was whole the shooter. best Medal of Honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where that that woman had his hair. That maybe that's where the hair came from. <laughs> um, and it makes sense to like you know if you if you're going to go going to go in on on uh, VR, um, uh, get your get your A team to do it. And Respawn is certainly that for EA right now. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, EA has stayed out of VR. Oh, yeah. Is this its first VR game? I think it is. Might be. E- I mean, EA stays out of anything. Anything they don't, trendy. They don't feel, yeah. <laughs> well, also, anything they don't feel is completely proven and yeah. hitting, like, it mass. It plays it really safe. Yeah. They want mass profits, and they want revenue that, like, they can put up on a, you know, they want to put, a, put it up on the screen during the pitch, during the, the investors' meeting and be like, look what we did, you know? So... I mean, if it makes sense to have them go back. Oh, looks the original, the original cover. I think it was smart because, in all honesty, this IP was kind of dead. Yeah, no, a whole lot of people didn't really care about it, but they've managed to kind of create a Trojan horse to get their games. I also of- wonder how much of that is like, um, did they start this when Call of Duty announced they're going back to World War II? Who knows? Because they thought that might be the new trend. Respawn's awful busy. I guess they have three teams. Yeah, holy so. crap, man! <laughs> they just keep. I mean, I don't think this out. game probably took a team like like Fallen Order or no, like Titanfall, but yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know, the pedigree is there. So you know, if you're going to have anybody trying to make first-person shooting work on VR properly, I guess these are the guys to do it. Didn't look great though. No, it did kind of look like Medal of Honor. It did. <laughs> like it, yeah, I, I mean, I they nailed that part it. of it, but it's not. Like, seeing that, it's not like you see that and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to get an Oculus headset. Like, no. They're still kind of waiting for that game, it feels like. After all this time, they just... I mean, I guess Beat Saber might be the one game that's kind of like a killer app for VR. But that's as close as you get, I think. Yeah. But of course, the problem is it's not exclusive to anything. Right, yeah, it's on everything, so it doesn't give you a competitive advantage. That might be something smart to snatch up if you're a VR company. Yeah. That well, IP. I mean, so Beat Saber 2 exclusive on your platform or whatever might actually make a difference. Maybe. 
I mean, it's, it's you'd have to find a, a way to make Beat Saber 2 unique from Beat Saber to make people say, like, oh, I can't just play this thing I love already. I need to spend $600. More money. To, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But I don't know. It, whatever, whatever does that, we don't know what it is yet. I, I think it'll be, a, it'll be some new thing that we've never imagined. After all this new stuff, what, what's your uh, prognosis on the trajectory of VR, Matt? Steady, but not, you know, not revolutionary. I mean... You're not you're not you're not looking at like anything that's really going to be like oh wow that's the VR I need now because I got you know two or three years maybe like you might have some kind of quest style self-contained thing with enough uh, with enough enough uh, storage space and power and and battery life to be worth it. But I feel like, like for we... now I'm just sort of like waiting. Also like you're about to run into a year, you're about to hit a year where everybody's going to be waiting to buy new consoles. Like there's no time no time or money for new VR headsets. I feel like we said this like 4 years ago. We were like, okay, in 4 or 5 years we'll get the second one or we'll get a wireless one and that's when it'll take off. And then we got the second one and got the wireless yeah. one, but they're still not quite good enough. Yeah, well, like, also the problem is like some of them took a step back. You know, like the wireless ones are not as good as the wired ones right, are now. So right. like you're 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 having to compromise a little bit just by the nature of the wireless, uh, but it'll get there. I mean, Quest is kind of on par with the first Rift. It's pretty close. Yeah, but uh, the first Rift wasn't something I bought either. Right. So. Yeah, and it, I mean, it has problems. You know, people. Yeah. There's a reason it didn't take off because. And there's still kind the of a temptation to stick to stick with sort of the Index or the or the Vive ecosystem for me because I already have two of those tracking tracking stations. Yeah. And like as they use more and more to you know the, the room scale on that is still really good. Yeah. For sure. Um, so, like, if were were they to come out like with a, a, a you know a better you know Vive com, Vive or Index with wireless that could use the the tracking stations, like I would consider. That. Like, I got you know I have the room in in that office. If I move the chair out of the way, you could to do, do that in there, and I could just sort of stick the lighthouses up on the tall shelves, and I'd be I, you know I'd be done. But like uh, the hardware is just not where I want it to be because I already spent a lot of money on those other ones and I don't use them very much. So it has to be a thing where I know the performance is there and it's good enough for me to be like, oh, I'm happy with that, but also something I can just pick up and put on my head and not have to worry about wires and all this crap and just get, pick pick it up and go. Like that's really the, the you're, 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 you're at the pick up and go stage pretty much already, but we're, I'm just, you just got to wait for them to refine it and make it powerful enough to like kind of all come together properly. I don't know if I, it, because they're starting to step back in technology so that they can make it wireless. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really staring down the barrel of like not really being able to handle VR for a long time. Yeah. Because I feel like they're going away from, hey, here's this next hyper powered VR helmet. Instead, let's dial back the power and make it mobile. Yeah, but and I mean, I think that's the way they have to do it. I agree. Like it's, like, it's a smart, it's the smartest thing to do for the business, but it's not going to do me any favors, mm -hmm. which is disappointing to me because again, VR is something that I dreamed about my entire life, and now it makes me want to barf. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good show. I feel like for Oculus, I mean, they showed a lot of stuff, but yeah, I think VR is just going to continue to sort of toil in the background of the industry for a while. I just think ultimately it's going to just take a game though to make yeah. it. Bigger, more importantly, the technology is there-ish. It just it doesn't have a killer app still after no. all this time. And that's why I feel like they kind of missed the boat here. They're like, okay, we have all this new tech and stuff for social stuff on Facebook, but where are the games, bro? Like, yeah. I would, um, like, you got to go to some of the, the innovators. You got to go to, uh, uh, honestly, if I were a VR company, I would be courting the living hell out of Nintendo right now because I bet they could come up with something that would be like... That something you'd look at and be like, what? And then like when people got their hands, I'd be like, oh, I get you know, it. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. 
They're pretty good at that. I don't see that happening, though. No, I mean, I mean <laughs> granted, they haven't like done tremendously well in that space with the Virtual Boy and the 3DS 3D gimmick isn't, hasn't really, didn't really move the world, but uh, I don't know. Somewhere out there, someone has the idea that's going to become the game that gets everybody to pick a VR headset up. Yep. Hell, maybe it'll be that stupid Facebook thing. You, you don't know, but like... It might be. It can't Dumber hurt. things have caught on. I just, you know, I always... When I think about Facebook, I think about my mom because she uses it incessantly mm. all day, every day, and I just cannot see her ever getting <laughs> to a place where she's like, I'm going to spend $500 on a VR yeah. helmet. I mean, you'd think that, but you never know. I mean, my mom got hooked on 3DS and, D- and DS stuff and yeah. played all the fa- Phantom, all the Phoenix Wright games and all the... Wow. All the, my mom has never done that. <laughs> she she played the the DS all the time. Like she she has like four of them because she kept upgrading. Uh-huh. So she continually like you're like oh a new one's out I gotta go get that. Like she she loves the bigger ones. The, uh-huh. When they come up with a bigger one she'd get that one and play Phoenix Wright and Professor Layton and no uh, Switch though. No, I doesn't care about Switch. Yeah. Um, Although she might now that all these brain training games and everything are coming yeah, out. The Switch, for Switch. Is, the Switch is too big. She, she's not into. It. She likes the little things she can hold. Gotcha. All right, so anyway, that's Oculus Quest 6. Um, I think it's a harbinger of things to come in VR, but I just feel like they're still off target on what they're trying to promote and push. Yeah, well, you're still stumbling around trying to figure out where the killer app is, and uh, you just don't know. I mean, who, who would have thought Beat Saber would have been that big yeah. of all the things that people were making? Yep. But I uh, do think it's it seems to indicate that, like, trying to make VR versions of games that already exist is probably not the right direction, which makes Medal of Honor probably a misfire. Yep. Uh, no matter how good it is. But, I mean, it uh, doesn't matter to to respawn because they're getting paid no, no matter they're, what. They're fine. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, this is clearly like a Bethesda Switch deal where they're getting money to make this thing and they're, yeah. they're going to come out of it ahead, which is, you know, again, it's also why... You no, know, actually, EA did make a VR. I think it's, they made the VR uh, Star Wars thing for the first Battlefront. Yeah, they made that, that like a little demo thing. Yeah, but yeah. that was... The, again, that was Lucasfilm paying them with Rogue One marketing money to make a Rogue One marketing VR game, basically. Yeah. A 30-minute, like, commercial. So EA will make will make VR stuff if you pay them and make it worth make their it while. Make it worth their while. Yeah. But they're not making... They're not striking out on their own on this. And they're probably right. Yep. At least for their what they're after in terms of a comp- being a company and wanting mass profits. Yep, it's you're not, true. You're not going to get that in that space right now. All right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about Sony and PlayStation. A couple stories broke this week related to Sony. They, neither one was big enough to kind of deserve its own topic on Game Face, so we rounded them up into one. The first thing we want to talk about is Sean Layden leaving PlayStation. Mm-hmm. This was kind of hinted at. I feel like it was like a year ago. There were rumors swirling that he was going to leave, and then it didn't happen. Now it has happened. It's official. One, why do you? What do you think happened, Matt? I have no idea. Um, I think it's a little weird that this happens now, right before the PlayStation Five ramp up. Yeah, the timing no, is very odious. With no real announcement of who's taking his place. How about this shot right here? Two of the three gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, Reg- <laughs> Reggie was on it clearly on his own terms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just um, retired. He got, he was done. I mean, we don't know. If she, maybe Sean was too. Maybe, but like, it is. You're right, though. The timing just doesn't sit right. Like that's not usually when you want to lose your head of international, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, when not you're, when you're a year out from launching yeah. your new platform. I mean, it is Sony. I mean, Sony is is rife with internal struggles and and power plays and. 
and weird like grudges and ego things. I mean, you see that a lot with uh, Sony Pictures. Sony Sony Computer Entertainment usually seems to be more self-contained. I, I, but like, I mean, movie stuff leaks a lot because like it's entertainment, it's big budget, and people talk all the time, and you can't keep anything quiet. It's easier to keep stuff quiet on the corporate side of the computer entertainment side. But um, yeah, I mean, you hear rumblings about that now and again. But it, one of the most unique things about Sean Layden is he barely knew anything about what he was doing or when he, when he didn't want you to know. Yeah, he's so, a pretty private guy. Yeah. And that really wasn't the case with Cause and the people who came before him either. Mm-hmm. Like, people knew Cause. People know Cause. But I don't, I've never met anyone who was like, yeah, I hung out with Sean Layden and, like, he's a cool guy. Like, that stuff happened all the time with former Sony heads. Mm-hmm. But not with him. Like, he was a very private guy. He kind of did his job and went home and lived his life. Yeah, I, I mean, nothing wrong with that. But yeah. Like, but you don't see him out socializing at E3 at, like, the after parties or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. again, you would see other Sony executives doing that. They'd be at Pactor's party or whatever. Sean Layden never showed up at Pactor's party. You never really saw him outside of him on stage for a Sony presentation or whatever. I don't think this has anything to do with why he left, but he was a different kind of platform head from mm-hmm. what I think we're used to in the industry. He wasn't really a personality in the way, like, the others tend to be. Yeah. He was a... Uh, and I hate to talk about him past tense, like he's gone. He may have he may have a job somewhere else where well, he's getting sure he does. paid like ten times the money, and he's gonna maybe he's gonna take over Stadia that, or something. With that resume, it's not that hard to land. No, that it's thing. definitely not. I mean, he may go work with Stadia. Maybe he wants that Google money. Sony's a Japanese company. Typically, Japanese companies don't pay as well as Western companies. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. I have no idea, um, but I suspect we will see him popping up. Do you think this affects PlayStation at all? Probably not. I mean, it's a, Sony's a giant machine, and, uh, you know, they wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't, like, if they didn't have a plan for it. I mean, I wonder who's going to take his place. I'm sure they know already. Yeah. They, haven't, they haven't announced this. anyone, though. But, um... Which makes you believe that this was, you know, probably maybe. not an acrimonious split. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Like, uh... Yeah, that, that takes time to, to organize and, and set up. And, and if he had a hard date for leaving, if he wanted to leave, like, you know, you, can, you maybe you haven't found your replacement yet, but, like, you can't make him stay. So, yeah. you, you know, you got you to gotta announce it. Um, it's just interesting to lose that key person right before, you know, presumably the PlayStation 5 thing is about to ramp up. Although they have a couple months till the end of the year. They got... Uh, what six months till the end of the fiscal year? I mean, it's not uh, it's not like they're they're in a really bad kind of you know wrong footed position right now. They got time. Two big launches coming up with Death Stranding and then The Last of Us early yeah, next year. They don't really need him for that though. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, what is he? If you think about it, what has he been doing? Because they haven't had press conferences or press events for a long time. Well, he, I mean, he does corporate stuff. I mean, yeah, he's doing his job as it yeah. were. Like he's, you know, the, 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 usually if you're in that job, even in entertainment, your your job isn't to be a figurehead. So getting out on stage all the time, it's just sort of like a quirk of what the game industry has become. Yeah. Um, so they have to find something. They're gonna have to find someone who uh, can do that. That's the interesting is finding someone who can do the business side of things and who go can, up. Who and can present. also go up and, pre- and present because, yeah. like, I mean, that's that's the thing. Who these people are, like. Yeah. That's what these people can do. They have the knowledge and the technical know-how, but they can also stand on stage and captivate people. Yeah, and they're not all going to be Reggie. Well, so. there's only, it's crazy to think there's only one of those three left in the industry right now. Yeah. And this was less than a year ago that this was shot at the Game Awards, like 10 months ago. 
Keely Curse. <laughs> They're going to start calling ruin it ruin everything, Jeff. Or I wonder in. if Jeff knew all this stuff was coming and was like, let's get these three guys together. No. He, I, I mean, know. He might have known that Reggie was thinking about it, but this is too, it was too, you know, nine months ahead of time. Well, I mean, don't forget, like a month and a half or two months ago, these rumors were already swirling about Sean Layden. It didn't happen, but then mm-hmm. it, it did. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? But I'm glad that he did this. Because to get those guys on stage one time before two of them ended up disappearing. It's very useful B-roll. It is. It is. It's the only way you're going to have B-roll with Sean Layden unless you want to go through a whole press conference and clip out like three seconds at a time where he says, and now this game. Yeah. Now I, mean, this that, I mean, that is one of the things in his era was nice. Was his, his whole thing was like, no, I'm just going to, here we go. Another game. Yeah, he no. wasn't chatty. He's no. just like, we're just going to show you the games today. Is that cool? And everyone cheers, and he just shows you the game. So It wasn't like, uh, who was before him? Oh. Uh, Tre- Tretton? Tretton. Jack Trent, Jack Trent, yeah, yeah. He Who was, was always at Pax parties? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like prior people in that position did show up to E3 stuff like that, but not Sean. Like mm-hmm. he just, he just didn't. So interesting. Well, who wants to hang out with us? Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I, look. I don't think Jack Trenton or him had really any impact over how PlayStation did. No. Um, so I don't see him leaving having a major impact on PlayStation Five or anything like that. If if there's one thing that's been proven over time is that. Whoever is the figurehead at Sony has very little to do with how the Sony how Sony ultimately performs, except for Ken Kutaragi. Yeah. Because he would go on stage, and he was, like, the technical director at PlayStation. Yeah, well, now they've locked him in a room somewhere. So. Well, I don't think he works there anymore. <laughs> oh, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he's gone. Yeah, after PlayStation 3, they were like, we can't have another console like that. It was yeah, just like, like, what are you doing, man? PSP. I mean, I have a feeling the Vita might have been one of his last legacy projects, Probably. even. I think so. I mean, the PSP it, was It's just, very Ken Kutaragi, though. We have made the most beautiful thing in the world. Please do not criticize it. Yeah, please go get a second go job away. to pay for it. Yeah, and he did go away. Not on his own accord, from what it sounds like. But uh, uh, Chester Rougine, I think is how I pronounce it, says, Jack Trent left in 2015, too. There have been three changes in four years. Mm. Interesting. Chester Eugene. Congrim says, I thought Sean was a good presenter, though. And I agree with that. He was good. Yeah. He was very even keeled. He never kind of got bent out of shape in one way or another. They've still got Cerny if they can yep. peel him away from well, Mac he's, 3. He's kind of the new Ken Kutaragi now. Right. He's now. the tech the tech, he's the tech genius guy who creates all the products and just comes out whenever he has something to show. And then he goes back into his workshop and keeps working mm. on it. Um, but he's he he... he he dreams within reason, unlike Ken right. Kutaragi. Well, Ken's visions were, I mean, they were weird anyway. Yeah. Like, even if you, I mean, God, that cell processor was such a weird yeah. idea. But, and he was gone. After that, he was gone. Yeah, we never we never did get to jack into Cyberworld. Nope, we never did, unfortunately. Or maybe fortunately. Yeah, I don't, yeah that's what Facebook's trying to do now, I guess. Yep. Who knew that Cyberworld had no legs in it? Yeah. Seriously. Uh, And then the other big story from Sony this week is that Sony is launching its own retail store online. Hmm. So it already obviously has a digital storefront where you can go and buy. Now it is opening an online store where you can buy consoles, you can buy physical versions of games, you can buy controllers and all the other accessories. You can buy PlayStation VR. Hmm. Why do you think Sony is, is doing that, Matt? Because they're preparing for the shutting, shuttering of GameStop. Yeah. And they're, they're going to re- still want that retail channel available. And to control it itself. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it. You cut out the distribution middleman. 
I wonder if they'll be able to offer things they won't. But I wonder if they would be able to offer things cheaper on its store. Yeah. I mean, you could, but they, they why would you? Right. Well, they won't. It's just but... more money for them. So do you think that's really the purpose? They just see kind of brick and mortar going away, and they want to make sure that they still have a presence I in that in space? Part, but also because, you know, Microsoft has it. So And, you know, also Microsoft has their brick and mortar Brick and mortar stores. Uh, I mean, yeah. Sony does have them too. I mean, there's there's a couple of, of Sony ones, but there's more, one up in. They're not just San being, Francisco. There's one down here too. Is there? There used to be one in the Culver City Mall. I don't know if it's still there. It's not. Um, I go there to eat like every mm. Friday night at a at a couple restaurants there, and but I've, I've never uh, seen it. It was either there or it's one of those like weird outdoor boutique malls had one of them. Huh. And you just went in like one side. I think it was over there, but yeah, maybe Dintai Fung's there now. But you went in. It was it was. I mean, it was it was kind of. Disguised as a Sony audio store, like a like a, but like there was a lot of speakers and setups, like, but there was a big PlayStation section. Yeah, um, but it's not really their focus. Yeah, Microsoft stores are kind of like Apple stores. Yeah, Microsoft stores are directly they're really bougie. Apple stores. And, and then Nintendo stores are obviously rarer, but much uh, rarer. Yeah, although there's one coming to the West Coast. Yeah, there's supposed to be one opening in LA at some point. Yeah, um, but I've been hearing that for like three years. Yeah, I mean, so. I think just a couple months ago they officially announced it though that it's. Yeah, well, I mean, I heard about it when I was at the one in New York in February, and we mentioned where we were from, and one of them was like, oh, we're opening a store over there, like, in L.A., and uh, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if you should be telling people that. <laughs> this but, is different, though, what Sony's doing, because it's not opening brick-and-mortar stores. It's just you're still ordering stuff online, yeah. and it's being shipped to you, but it's actual physical products. I just think it does make sense to sort of like take that infrastructure and bring it in house if you're worried about sort of you know you're obviously it's going to be Best Buy and Walmart and all that stuff but like if and you're Amazon looking, like yeah. I'm just wondering why it would invest the money to do this because you're cutting the middleman out and you're you know it is more lucrative to some degree because you don't have to you know the the retailer doesn't take a cut but you're but now you're paying for shipping. Shipping's a part. You mm-hmm. have to create the infrastructure. You have to have the warehouses. You have to you have to work out deals with USPS or FedEx or yeah. UPS. Maybe they're just tired of doing all the negotiation for all these special edition things and exclusive things. And then now, now when the Death Stranding exclusive controller and PlayStation Four come out, you just order it from Sony's site. And I mean, I could totally see that. Yeah. I mean, I could also see consumer confidence getting to a place where they're like, okay, I want to buy something PlayStation. I mean, why would I buy it anywhere else but directly from Sony? Mm-hmm. Because you feel like your warranty or whatever is there's no middleman in there that could muck things up where like the manufacturer's warranty is superseded by mm-hmm. the retailer's warranty. There's just a higher and level you don't of trust, know, and you don't know what their plan is for PS5. Right? Like you know, uh, you're right. That's a good point, man. Like Maybe this is some key component mm-hmm. of PlayStation Five that we don't know about yet. Like if they're going to sell this these things through their own site. And kind of Imagine kind of, if Sony did that. Well, I mean, they'll still sell it through normal retail channels, but like. Um, but what if they were like, we have, they have way a, more stock at our more stock store here? We yeah. have there's a special Founders Edition that only comes through this store. Special controller, kind of, yeah, launch kind of edition thing. controller, like the Day One Edition equivalent of, of Microsoft Xbox One. Of Xbox, yeah, but you can only get it through Sony's online store. Like something like that would make sense. To yeah, me. you just think about all the overhead it takes to set up e-commerce like that. It's not cheap. I mean, they already have warehouses where they're storing the stuff, but... Mm-hmm. And you can do stuff like, you know, they'll, they'll be able to do stuff like with um, what Nintendo does now, where, like, you can you, they can sell special edition controllers on PSN, and you just go and buy it on PSN, and they'll ship it to you. Like, for yeah. a real thing. You know, that's that's a fun 
trick that the that the, the Nintendo eShop does. Right? I mean, also Microsoft with its controller with their program. Yeah. Where you can buy like the crazy custom. I mean, to ones. some degree, this is just them catching up. I guess you're right in some ways. Yeah, some of the stuff that the other guys have been doing. Can you buy hardware directly from the eShop? Um, like a like a system. Yeah, I don't know if you can do that. I don't think you can. You might controllers. And uh, you can buy. I, you definitely uh, buy controllers. You can buy Xboxes from Xbox Store. Yeah. On on the Xbox, if you want a second Xbox One or whatever. <laughs> I don't think you can buy another Switch on on eShop. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I haven't seen any place where you could buy the actual consoles there. Yeah, um, you can buy. I mean, you can buy a, a new like Switch refurbed from, like. We well, can use. buy a new Switch from like Nintendo's website. Like they have an actual same you know store where they sell hardware and everything like that. But you but the. The eShop. As far as I know, only on the eShop itself, it's just like the special edition controllers, which instantly sell out in three hours, and you never see them again. Yeah. But so uh, it looks everything's starting to transition to Gen Nine. I yeah. mean, and you were smart to kind of pick up on. You know what? Maybe this doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now, but maybe in you know a year's time, it makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. And it, it also makes perfect sense that they would want to get that stuff set up now to make yeah. sure they've ironed out all the kinks and if they're going to launch a big product next year they're ready to go yeah, you got christmas is it when is it going up is it soon soon now? Yeah. so you have this christmas to sort of figure out how it handles the stress and true yeah kind of use it as a dry run for what the launch would be next year um put some pre-order you know put some pre-orders up uh you know put the pre-orders up at e3 around that time next year i mean if you and, have that retail uh, store you can control everything you can put up pre-orders and again, before the retailers get them. And, and again, I emphasize this all the time. The point is to get you in the eco- ecosystem. Yep. Like, that's what they want, is they want you tied to that ecosystem. Maybe they'll have some kind of point system the way Nintendo does. Just like Game Pass. Um, it's a yeah. Trojan horse to like get you in there you and just, spend more money. You just want them on that site. You want them in that ecosystem. You want them signing to that account. You want them... Saying like, oh, maybe I should buy it on this account because then I get the points for this, or then I, yeah. you know, I get. You want them renting movies thing, and whatever. things like that on that account. Hell, even if it's just like, oh, you buy a game here, we give you five bucks credit on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, like you know, like like a gift card kind of thing. Like, there's ways to do it that, for like, sure. that tie you to that Sony infrastructure for forever, basically. Yep. Which I'm sure with a system that is not only as um, you know, God knows what this thing's gonna do. But you have to assume that over the course of this next generation, all three of them are going to be trying to sort of transition you to digital, because I'm sure several of at least Sony and uh, and Microsoft would probably love for Gen 10 to have no disk drive. No, yeah, Um, for sure. It makes their lives so much easier to have no optical drive. And um, if you've got them sort of tied into that online store infrastructure makes it that much simpler to just make that transition. It also makes it a lot less painless. You're going to have a lot less people complaining because mm-hmm. they've already been conditioned to use this other sort of way of getting games and playing games. And, yep. and we've been going through that a little bit this generation. Um, I certainly have. Yeah, a lot of people have. I, I still haven't. Like, I still buy all my games physical at this point if I, I can help. I just Because, like, physical games are useless at this point because so, what's, some it, of them. what's it for? I, okay, if I put that disc in five years from now it's useless because it's 15 patches behind the actual playable version of the game which obviously you can be able to update it and whatever but if that you know the the people but most of the people that still buy physical seem to be in sort of this archive mode and it's like well that's not a thing anymore with the because they patch and update so much drastically update the point that the 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 version that's on the disc is really not the game you're trying to play it's not but it still has value because it's still a key 
It's a key to the game. So even five years from now, if you still have that disc and you put it in the PlayStation 9 or whatever the hell it is at that point, it's still going to say this is the disc somebody bought and it's going to go onto those servers and search for the updates and download them and you're still getting the game with that disc. Or I just still have the digital one in my library. And if that goes away, we're probably not going to have a PS9. So Yeah, I mean, the only reason to buy physical is for resale value. That's it. Yeah. In, in 2019, that's the only reason to yeah. buy physical. And that's a valid reason. Sure. I mean, Absolutely. Because there is no resale value yet, although that's changing. Like, yeah. there are countries now that are like, no, no, no. Like, people should be able to resell their digital games. And yeah, I mean, that's the law in a lot of, in Europe. So right. So they're, they're going to have to figure that out. And they have figured it out to some degree. Yeah. Like, you can get refunds over Isn't there. it goofy, though, how services... Can't get refunds on the PlayStation Tour here. Isn't it goofy, though, how services like Steam, they get in, in trouble in another country because you can't sell your digital games or whatever, and then they force them to do it. And mm. instead of just rolling that out everywhere, they just roll it out in that country. It's like, why wouldn't you just get out of head? It's all going that way. You can see it. It's going to happen eventually. It's going to be that way everywhere. Like, why not just be proactive and let people sell their digital games now? Like, you don't concede giving away money until you're forced to. Are you giving away money, though? You've already got paid you gotta, for that. you got to give your money, their money back. Are you talking about returning yeah. games? I'm talking about being able to resell a digital game. Can you do that on Steam in Europe? In certain countries, you can, yeah. There was just a big story about it this this past week. I think France, maybe, mm. was the country that first got it passed. But, I mean, think about it. You should be able to resell your digital stuff. You paid the same money for it you did for anything else. You have ownership over it, or you should, just like anything else that you buy. You well, don't. don't. That's the catch. Well, I don't agree with that. But like, Because the reason you can resell physical games is because it's a physical object. When you buy a digital game, you're really just buying a license key. And that's not something that you can that's really ever been expected to have monetary value. That's garbage though. Like when you buy that digital game, you should not you should be getting right to the code. You shouldn't just have a right to a key. Like that's garbage. Like but that's not how anything works. Like that's not how the That doesn't disc, mean it's right though. That's not how the disc works either. It's it's literally a, the disc is literally a license to access the game. And you don't own that code. You don't own that game. So like, but you own the disc with the code on it. But you can't legally do anything with that code. You're literally you can play it. But you couldn't rip the code and sell it yourself. That's not your code. You don't have to. You sell the disc. The disc is the access. That's the thing. That's the le legally. That's what the disc. Is. That's why you have that. You. Well, I know what everywhere. they are, but that doesn't mean it's right. Like that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what, it what is, needs though. to there's, change. There's no ethical question there. It's just that's what. It's not going to change. It's never going to change. Why? Because there's no reason for it to change. Like, what do you mean there's no reason for it? Who's if that's who's the selling going... block that you need to get over to be able to resell digital games, there absolutely is a reason for it. But it's not a stumbling block you need to get over here. It's a stumbling block you need to get over places where that law already exists pre-existing. But you're never going to get that law passed like in the United States. Why? Because it's not in the corporate interests of anyone who holds the power strings. Like, you're never going to convince the Senate they need to do that because it's in the interest of the consumers. It's not in the interest of the people that actually lobby for things. You're, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm in corpor corporations. You're assuming that, that Congress will never do anything for the people. Pretty much. I don't believe that. Not, not, not in the, I, I believe it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. Not in go against, like... I mean, look at what just happened with the NCAA in California. I mean, nobody thought that was ever going to happen. And now California is going to force the hand of every other place because yep. they were the first one to pass the law. Yeah, but NCAA players are real things. And 
So is a digi- disc. Digi- a disc is a real thing. Discs are real things, and you can resell discs, but you cannot resell digital code because that digital code doesn't have any tangibility as a retail product. Like that's that's the reason people. But are you're, so... you're but it's the same thing on the disc. It's the same ones and zeros that you get on the disc. But it's not the same because the discs are a limited item, and there's no limit to how many digital codes there can be. So there is no inherent value to them. That's that's how it works. Like that's why you that's why that argument is is very difficult to to make fly. And the reason that you have other countries like in Europe that end up with this being an issue for consumer rights that the companies then have to come up with a solution for is because those rights already applied to physical products and they never made a distinction between physical products and digital products. Um, whereas here we don't have those rights at all for anything. It's just sort of a gray area at best. So you would have to basically revamp that part of the law code to to give us the rights to do that with physical things and then extend it to digital things and it's kind of too late for that. Like the reason consumers in those other countries have that right is because no one got around to changing it to exclude digital stuff and the language of the old thing clearly made it so it just includes all things that are sold kind of thing. now you're in, that was like one of those few instances where lawmakers being so slow to understand and, and catch up with how the internet and digital things work worked in our fa- in our favor and you're probably never going to get that again <laughs> like that's what i'm saying it's like that kind of got grandfathered in so to speak and uh in those countries and to do that here would take like basically a consumer rights revolution that i just don't think is in the cards not in the, not in the next 15 20 years anyway. That's really de- depressing and disappointing. <laughs> I would be I would be stunned if you I mean and also keep in mind Microsoft tried to bring that in. It Microsoft did, yeah. tried to make that a feature of the Xbox 1 and everybody shat on the floor and told them to go fuck themselves. So, good luck getting another company to try that voluntarily again. Well, Microsoft was taking away consumer rights, though. But they were also, by con- in exchange, they were going to let you sell your digital games back to their own storefront for credit. Um, that was one of the trade-offs. They I were don't proposing. remember. I didn't remember that. Yes, there was, there was a, going to be a way of kind of selling, uh, re- trading, not, I mean, you weren't, obviously you weren't going to sell them, because the thing about why it's worth something to sell a disc to someone, like to a third party, is because they can then take that physical object and sell it to someone else. Well, you can't really sell a digital code to someone back to like the company, and then they take that code because they don't take that code and give it to someone else. They just have another code they give it to someone. You know, there's right. no there's no limitation Inventory. of resources. Um, but they're going to do a thing where basically you could turn in a digital game you didn't use anymore for some credit on their store. I mean, you couldn't take that that cash out of the ecosystem, but you could get some use credit that money towards to buy another game. Else. Yeah. Um, and that was part of the plan uh, on the on the you know the the fairly draconian DRM s- system they wanted to put in. Uh, also, keep in mind the trade-off on that was making the discs worthless, because once you loaded the disc in, it basically took the key off it, and that disc couldn't be used for anything else again. Right. Um, it was basically treating the discs as a disposable key delivery device, which, by the way, we have gotten used to on the Switch now because those game boxes often contain nothing. I know. Except a code. It's pretty crazy. So yeah. it's a weird, slow, horrible, monstrous morphine, like slowly lurching towards that digital future. And I don't really know what the shape is going to be when they get there, but we're going to see it take shape over the next generation. Be- it's going to have to. And all three of them are going to have their own idea of what it should be. So it's going to be interesting to see what Microsoft, Sony's, and Nintendo's different visions for what that digital world should be and which one 
games. I, I can tell you right now, I do not want to see Nintendo. <laughs> no, I mean I would agree with that. Um, it's it's. Uh, Especially because the, my the, bet is that they will be the least here's, here's, uh, consumer yeah. friendly of the three. Well, definitely. And also, one of the problems is, of course, because Nintendo doesn't consider themselves to be necessarily in competition with the other two, right? And the other two don't consider Nintendo to be in competition so much as the second system. Yeah, uh, they don't have any reason. F- Nintendo doesn't really have any reason to keep up with the Joneses on that. Like Microsoft and Sony are going to go back and forth on oh, what yeah. their infrastructures and online ecosystems are going to be, whereas Nintendo's just like. You want to play Link to the Past? Cough it up, motherfucker! You know, it's yeah. like, like they got they got all they got all the cards on on that one because you're not into the Nintendo ecosystem for video games in general. You're there for Nintendo games, and everything else is gravy. Microsoft and Sony are competing to be the way you consume a medium, so yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, whether you know Microsoft's like kind of like OS driven corporate. You know, Silicon Valley style is the thing, or Sony's, you know, Mark Cerny tech genius by way of weird Japanese Sony ideas becomes the thing. It's you know, or, or maybe it's something completely different, and we we are highly underestimating Tommy Tallarico's in television. We don't know. <laughs> you just don't know yet. <laughs> okay. On that note, we'll move along. That conversation went on a lot longer than I thought, but that's kind of how things go, though. It's like we kind of find like an angle on something. Well, and we, we ain't gonna talk for an hour about Code Vein. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, okay, up next, we're going to talk about uh, Nintendo, as if we hadn't talked about them enough already in this mm-hmm. episode. We're going to talk about the Switch Lite. So the Nintendo Switch Lite, brand new product. Um, I will fully cop to the fact that I thought it was just going to set the sales charts ablaze. It was going to be the best-selling platform of this year easily. Uh, Pactor thought it was Nintendo's path to riches beyond any comprehension he felt like it was going to double the sales of Switch that it had been seeing up until this point. However, uh, the first week of sales from the UK have come in. We haven't got MPD stuff for the US yet. But the first sales came in from the UK, and Nintendo sold 13,500 units in the first week. That's not great. Why, why do you think this happened? I think a lot of people think their current Switch is good enough. And Do you think Nintendo's me, reached saturation with Switch? No, but I think for the price point, it's not really worth a second Switch to people. Also, like, I know I would have been concerned about transferring my stuff. I don't know how that works with that. Like, uh, with the account thing, just you sign and you get the thing, or it's tied to the hardware or whatever. You know, Nintendo's got a weird track record on that. And as for, like, so, I mean, I don't think there's a widespread problem, widespread thing, because I think there's more of a, like, a hardcore, you know, you know, fan who pays attention thing. I ain't buying that thing until I know whether those Joy-Cons drift or not. Yeah. Frankly. I mean, I know somebody took it apart and it looks like they modified it a little bit, but we don't know yet. Like, and you can't take those off. You have no, to send the can't. whole unit back. Yeah, it's not so like, like a yeah, Joy-Con no way in hell. snap it off. And they can I mean, send I wouldn't buy it anyway because I don't use them handheld and it's, too, it's even smaller, so it's even more useless to me. Uh, I do like that there's an actual D-pad on it. Yeah. Like, that's great. Um, I also don't like any of the colors. I don't either. I think... Normally I would just get the dark one, but I think that gray looks terrible with the light gray buttons and everything. Yeah, uh, yellow. I don't want a yellow thing, and uh, the the blue's nice, but like the blue is the only one I would buy. Blue's the closest I would consider, um, but I I don't know. Like I just I, I don't I don't have any use for it, uh, and I wonder if you know if you're someone who's a big hardcore Switch portable user, 
clearly that works for you, so why would you spend another couple hundred bucks getting another thing that does this? I mean, the battery life's better, but it's like, I just don't think the value is there for someone who already owns a Switch, and if someone who, does, someone who doesn't own a Switch at all yet, I feel like you look at that and you're like, well, I'm losing all these features that I'd rather have on, this, on, this, on the main console. So you know. think people are, are more than willing to spend an extra hundred bucks to be able to dock it and play it on a TV? I guess so. Or just to be able to detach things and use like the, all the Labo stuff and all that. I mean, there's a lot of features you lose when you no longer have detachable. No, you're right. I mean, they've been showing the, 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 uh, the ironic part is they show in this trade, this commercial for Switch Lite, some features that like you can't use anymore because yeah. it's a Switch Lite where they had like the tablet stacked on the yeah. table. Like you can't do that with a Switch Lite now. Or you, you can't play uh, what that ring thing. Yeah, Ring Fit ring Adventure. Fit. Yeah, you, you can't play that with this. It, they took out the IR stuff in yeah. the controllers, although that seems to be it a makes pretty. Sense. Yeah, I mean, it does. Because it's not really, it's kind of an underused feature anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think they should sell just regular Joy-Con sets with that stripped out for cheaper. Oh, I'd agree. I'd, yeah, I'd agree with that. 80 bucks for a set of Joy-Cons is crazy. It re- yeah, it's absurd, honestly. Um, I mean, it, it surprises me that this hasn't actually sold better. I mean, I don't know how... I'm assuming the UK sales translate by ratio to the rest of the world, you know, who knows. For but, the most uh, part, I mean, I would say this, like Nintendo... If they didn't, I assume Pactor would have said something. About yeah, I mean, it. look, I would say this. The UK is not necessarily Nintendo land, uh, PlayStation typically does the best mm. there if you look at generation after generation. But if you look at like software sales charts over the last like year, year plus, Nintendo's games generally dominate the UK sales charts on a weekly basis. Yeah. When it but it also, in- me- but all- that also means that all those people already have a Switch. That's true. Yeah. So. Do you think it's just a case where it just took off so big that people who want them have them now? Maybe. I mean, and also just it's not a it's not a minor chunk of change. You know, in today's economy, like you're, 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 it's a it's a special purchase for most. People. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now they're asking you to do it again. Yeah, in like two years. I mean, I don't think that Nintendo's intent was that. I mean, even though Nintendo has said like we want there to be three switches in each house, right? I don't think realistically Nintendo released this thinking that everyone who owns a Switch is going to buy a second one. No, they just but wanted cl- to provide but an alternative. It fell short. Yeah, they wanted to provide a cheaper alternative for people who wanted to play Switch games, but were like, you know what, three hundred bucks little steep for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, to, I agree with you. Like, I, I, man, I saw that number and my eyeballs went, what? 13,500 units? Yep. That's insane. It was, that was the, there, was a two, there were two crazy sales numbers I saw this week, and that was one of them. What was the other one? The other was for the recall of the, uh, the, the GameStop exclusive uh, Fallout 76 helmet. Oh, yeah. Where they did the... Um, <laughs> Yeah. It was it was a special Nuka Cola version of the one with the wearable helmet, and it turned out that the helmets were growing like this toxic mold in them. Yeah. So they had to recall them, and then Polygon updated the story and said we got con- we were contacted by the manufacturer of the helmets. They said that they made twenty thousand of them, but only thirty two were sold. I would buy. I mean, I don't have any interest in a Switch Lite. I would buy the uh, uh, like a like a Pro, like a console version. But more power, but yeah, I, I think I'm in the minority on that. I got past launch week. Usually, that launch week is when I'm the weakest, and I'm more, most likely to buy something. And once I made it past that, now it's like I didn't even know. I mean, I already out. own a Switch. It's redundant to me to buy something that's just portable. Yeah. There's no reason for it, and the screen's smaller, and it's missing a bunch of features. But anyway, I uh, and those Joy Cons, you just don't know. Yep, you don't know. So. Yeah, I uh, don't see myself buying a Switch Lite. They're going to have to put out a different color for that to happen for me. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we'll see if it... I don't know if Nintendo will do that for another year or so. We'll see. Uh, maybe when a big game comes out, they'll create like, I mean, like a, a special edition. purple, I might get one. I do a pearlescent purple with gold glitter effects. I'll, I'll get that. Because <laughs> my guess is that they'll the eventually start putting out special editions for big game releases. Yeah. Like, they'll put out, like, a Zelda one eventually or... Super I'm surprised we haven't heard about a Pokemon one. Yeah, it is kind of surprising. And they already have the yellow, too. Yeah. Like, all they had to do was just put Pikachu's they little mug on They just put eyes on the back of that thing. <laughs> you're, good. you're done. Two eyes and the little cheek, little blushy cheek uh, circles, and you're good. Yep, you're all done. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Mafia. Mafia 4 is in development. Do you think that's a good idea, Matt? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this series is always done just well enough to not die yeah basically no like, you're right um that's I mean, a good I, way to put it all the way from the first one really yeah i mean i like them all um i like all three of them uh but they just never seem to hit like the critical mass you would need to justify the amount of time and money that goes into these things although i mean uh the last game was like pretty high quality was was pretty high quality and it was um it was uh, hayden blackman was was involved he, he works with them on that up in marin right? yeah um i can't remember the name of the developer but um they seem pretty happy with it overall um so it doesn't super surprise me they're doing another one of these i'm interested to see what their angle is because uh the third the first two were done in um uh 2k burn Burno, yeah, Burno. It was it was uh, in Czech Republic, and um, so this one was was uh, American made, and uh, I think <laughs> I think with a lot of uh, input though. Um, Hangar Thirteen, Hangar Thirteen, that's Mafia right. Mafia Three, yeah. Uh, and I liked it. I mean, it, it told a, a another a, an interesting sort of uh, crime story with like you know the veteran coming home and being kind of driven to it because there was no other opportunity because he lives in the low income area and. And kind of the racism keeps that whole that whole population like stuck in that you know what would probably become a ghetto at some point. Um, it's it's a different like organized crime story than like the standard New York mafia, Chicago mafia stories they've told in the previous two games. So I, I thought that was interesting. It was a and it was a social angle you didn't see very often in games. Um, you know, focusing on that. And I also liked I liked the main character. Uh, I did not finish it because I found. Like, after about 10 hours, you'd seen everything the game had to do about five times over. And there was just... Yeah, there just wasn't it, enough meat on the It just became this giant map to, like, check off all the boxes on. And I was like, well, I've seen the story. I don't really need to do all these side missions that are the same thing 40 times. So uh, my main request for a new one would be, like, come up with more things to do. But, like, I think in terms of tone and storytelling and concept, they've, uh, they've got it. Uh, so I would like to... I mean, I would like to see what they do next. I'm glad they didn't get shut down or all fired or thrown out like Telltale did or something. You know, like you never know what when your last game's going to be these days. How do you feel about the time period? I like it. I mean, because the last one was more modern day. Yeah, I mean they were all. I mean, I think the the first two were more like post post uh, war. Right. Uh, the first one was like 1910s, 1920s. Second one I think was post World War II, and this one was more uh, post Vietnam. Right. Yeah. yeah. It would be very interesting to do um, something like this, like kind of, like, uh, kind of the, the veteran falls into into crime uh, thing for like a Desert Storm veteran in the '90s. Oh, that's a good um, idea, actually. Because frankly, that's getting old now. 
<laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, look, if you if you were in Desert Storm and you came back in your late twenties uh, from that with you know with Desert Gulf Syndrome or whatever, like you know, all the and all that stuff, PTSD, some kind of PTSD, like you are now in your what? You're almost fifty. Yeah, it's true. For me though, it's like when I think about the mafia, I don't think about the mob. If that makes sense. Like, to me, the mob is, like, the modern mafia. When I think about mafia, I think about, like, the 40s and the 50s. And right. You think about Godfather. Yeah. Or Goodfellas. Ab- yeah, kind of absolutely. Yeah. And so it's weird to me. I mean, I don't know. I would prefer... So the first two games were set in the periods that make more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But the game design for those was not great. No. They were they were pseudo open world games. Yeah, they didn't do anything. Their open worlds were amazing, but there was nothing to do to with do them. them. Yeah, they were just Similar dead. to L.A. Noir. Yep. You're right. That's a good. That's a good comparison. This last one, the open world was much better, but I didn't care as much about the plot and the setting and the characters as I did. It was fine, but when I think about mafia, that wasn't what I. That's not what I think of. I mean, I mean, you're right that the word mafia means a specific thing, uh, which generally isn't what Mafia Three was about. But I taking it as shorthand for like organized crime story like i can i can i can get behind that and it's like yeah. you, you gotta lean on your known ip as much as you can but you can't also can't just tell the same story over and over again with the same setting so i understand why they moved it forward into a more of a you know there's, there's a little bit of first blood you know, to that you know like the, the the vietnam veteran coming back and not being accepted or having to like you know deal with deal Rambo, with the world yeah. and sort of thing um and so I, you know, I get it. Like it wasn't super mafia related, but it did deal with underworld and organized crime stuff. And I think I think it's, that's close enough. I mean, it's not like Yakuza always deals. Ex- I mean, they do always have Yakuza stuff in it, but a lot of it is being good at bowling <laughs> and, like, and a lot of real estate transactions. Yeah, so I feel, you know, it, yeah. it's just it's more of a tone setting title than a uh, you know it tells you what it's going to be about in a to- in a kind of a thematic way more than a literal way, I guess at this point, which is a decent. I guess, trade-off for not telling the same story in the same period every time. I think I would just like to see the older setting with the newer game design. Mm-hmm. When I think of Mafia, I think of, like, Gatlin guns and, like... I would just like to see them not drop and the... Fedoras I'd not, and fedoras. I'd like to see them not drop the idea of kind of an angle on the organized crime story we hadn't seen before, which I think 3 got, yeah. which was, like, you know, you don't see a lot of games about, you know black Vietnam veterans coming back and having to deal with the societal ills that force that demographic into doing some unsavory things and uh, and then becoming really, really good at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, it, it, like this, that's the thing. is like the, I think the most defining thing about the mafia games isn't even that they, they have to have the actual literal mafia as part of it. It has to be someone who ends up in that life with good intentions and ends up destroying themselves in the process. <laughs> You're right. Which is pretty much Goodfellas when it comes down to it. Yeah. But like but that's a te- that's a, it's a good template like you can't you know it's the opposite of Godfather where Godfather's more you know earliest until the end of uh, 2 beginning of 3 it's the story of someone who doesn't want to be part of that life but becomes part of that life and kills it. Like does, yeah. you know, Michael Corleone does real well. Owns it, yeah. Um, until the Congress comes after him, but um, like I would love to see some. I mean, you could do. Um, you know, if I was going to do something like kind of off the wall, I would maybe um, focus on. I mean, you'd have to take it back. Like you know, this is not a seven. You wouldn't be moving it forward. You moving it back. You would be more of a period piece. But I would maybe focus on um, like the advent of the Chinese underworld in on the West Coast, like in the, in the wake of uh, 
in the wake of a lot of the the um, railroad building and forced labor that happened around there in the late 1800s and sort of how that you know all that all sort of rose up and became a thing um, uh, that would be an interesting like story that I don't think we've really seen before I mean there's been games that tried to tell that like, you know, but they never got made <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they never yeah. they never got there like something along the lines of um, 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 uh, blanking on the name the the Hong Kong the Hong Kong open world GTA game where you play as the completely undercover oh, cop. Um, um, uh, I played that like four times. <laughs> I don't I remember the name. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Sleeping either. Dogs. Sleeping, Sleeping dogs. dogs. Yeah, that's it. Um, I know that it takes place in Hong Kong, not America, but like uh, I think that, like a San Francisco based thing. Hey, like, the delay on our stream isn't as bad as it used to be. Have you noticed that? Oh, like we can we can ask stuff and literally like it'll show up in the chat within like three or four seconds now instead of waiting like twenty seconds for the delay. <laughs> it's much better. So are you okay with the same developer working on the next one? Like I think sure. they, I think it did a pretty good job. I think they did good. I think yeah. I mean I think it needed refinement, but that's that's what the sequel's for, right? Yeah. Um, I think I even said it at the time. I'm like, this is it's a pretty solid starting point, and I, if they get to make a fourth one, another one, well, not a fourth one because they've only made one, but like. They get to make four. I'm pretty excited to see what you know, because usually you get that like when a developer takes over a series or starts a new series. The first game is sort of like you know it, it works. They got it working, but then the second game is sort of they get to do all the thing. They get to refine it, but they also get to do all the things they had to cut from the first game. And so you sort of get a more complete uh, Assassin's Creed Two. I think would be the one of the biggest examples of that is like yeah. you play Assassin's Creed Two and you're like, oh, this is what you were trying to right. Do. This okay. is what you're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be very interested to play another uh, a mafia, another mafia from Hangar Thirteen. I think uh, they got good people. I also I also like Hayden Blackman's writing. I've always liked Hayden Blackman's writing, and like you know he's he's obviously very involved. I think he's one of the studio heads. Um, I liked uh, you know as much as I thought Force Unleashed was a bad game, I thought the storytelling was pretty good, and he that was where he was more in charge. He's a he's a good writer. So uh, yeah, bring it on. I say probably gonna be a bridge game. Game that comes out. Did they say like when there's an, any kind of window? No, but my guess Next is it'll sometime. probably come out right around the new consoles come out, and it'll be one of those games. It that is kind of isn't that, isn't that funny? Where like it is kind of handy sometimes if you're sort of like a like a maybe a B tier open world game. If you can get in there at system launch, like perfect. Yeah, because all the big boys are probably not going to have. Oh that no ready. way! So it's not like there's going to be a new GTA. Like it, I mean, look what launch. it did for Watch Dogs, and oh, they I came know. out like six months after the system. Absolutely. Came out. So it would be a smart tactic. Uh, the time frame seems to be working out, the timeline for game development and finishing that game. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I'm just glad they're still there and doing stuff, frankly. Yep. I thought, they, I thought they, they tried some interesting stuff in that game. It didn't all work out, but, like, uh, I, liked what, I, liked what, I liked the heart in it. Yep. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, if you guys were along with us for the ride last week, we watched Sony State of Play live with you guys where they kind of blew out all the information about The Last of Us Part 2. And then... Mm -hmm. After we got out of here, like the footage just started rolling in, uh, the previews started rolling in, and then more, more like trickling in over the next couple of days was news from Naughty Dog, and probably the biggest nugget that uh, Naughty Dog shared over the the following several days was that there will be no multiplayer mode in The Last of Us Part Two. Um, a lot of people, I think, look at Naughty Dog's games as si single player games. Mm -hmm. But I feel like fans who actually buy Naughty Dog's games are kind of tied into those multiplayer modes. They seem to like them a good bit, and it's pretty obvious a lot of work has gone into them in the past, but Naughty Dog has decided to bail. What do you think that means for the game? I think it means it's a single-player game. But like, do, you, 
Do you think it's a lot bit? My guess is it's a lot bigger. Yeah, well, they I said think, it's the biggest thing they've ever made. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't see that part. Yeah, but uh, my guess is it's going to be like God of War, yes. like Red Dead yeah, Redemption 2 size. They said it's, it's the biggest thing they've ever made by far. But like, you got to realize most of their games are like 14 hours long. Yeah, but they, I mean, he, like, was it? Uh, Druckmann talked on Twitter in, in response to the response to this about how, like, no, this thing's huge. Like, this is, this is a 30, 40 hour game. Okay. Um,. And that they are going, and even so, it's not really like even, Red Dead size. It's like God of War size. Yeah, it's, it's God of War size. I'd say and that's all, still great. And also, like they, you know, they said like we're going to do this. They're going to do the multiplayer as a separate project. You know, there will be a factions standalone game at some point. A standalone game that's what they that said. has nothing to do with this. It won't well, be last. This. It, it won't be last of us. One. It won't be last of us two. No, but it'll be like Last of Us factions or something. Maybe a separate. Really, thing. That, I, I missed that somehow. That seemed that was part of the original statement I read. Like huh. they're, they're like, you know, we're working on, we're going to work on something that will come back. We're not like getting rid of it, but it's just not part of Last of Us two. Do you last, think it will affect sales at all? No, no, not remotely. Not in the least bit. No, nope. because I know we talked about it last week a little bit, and there was a lot of people in the chat that were like, "Oh, I love." Uncharted's multiplayer. Oh, I sure. love The Last of Us. Multiplayer. Oh sure, but are you going to pass up on The Last of Us Two because you don't get that with it? No. Like maybe you'll buy it physically and sell it back afterwards, but like, isn't it sure as hell ain't going to stop me? Like you know, like, it, and and it makes sense to like focus all your resources on this on this one thing if if, if you're really making something as ambitious and big as that as Two seems to have turned out to be. It makes sense to focus. And then you you know you you make this as a separate thing. You probably make it as a hell. This could be some kind of like uh, you know next you know year after PS5 launch sort of standalone thing. And like you know you could do a game as a service element to it. I mean they certainly had plenty of microtransactions in the original. Uh, you know they actually had some problems balancing that. I think. Yeah. Um, they did. I mean it makes you know and who knows maybe it was more of a. Of a directive from Sony being like, hey, it would be nice to have this as sort of more of a separate thing where we could kind of monetize it a little more heavily, uh, maybe make it free-to-play, something like that. Um, hmm. you know, and just sell cosmetics, I guess. Co- yeah. And, and, and uh, use the Last of Us name to sort of draw you in. Um, and, you know, especially if, like, you know, we're seeing, you know, this looks fine and everything, but imagine, like, something like this, but using sort of that more desperate, more hyper-violent, like, stuff we've seen in the in the trailers for 2. Well, I think my problem with the multiplayer in The Last of Us was I did not feel like it had the same tone as the campaign. No, it didn't, yeah. It just seemed like this kind of generic multiplayer suite, but it didn't really... Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like you were doing in the multiplayer what you did while you played the game. What if what if it's Battle Royale? Oh god. <laughs> what if this is that Sony's end, like throwing her hat in a ring on Battle Royale? Standalone game. Stand, standalone Last of Us Battle Royale. I mean it makes sense. I mean it's called The Last of it Us. It really is. <laughs> That's hilarious. You are the last of us. Right. Come on. Like that's as good that's as... Battle Royale yeah. written all over. They don't have to change the name or anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. I mean, it is possible. Um, that would be crazy. I mean, it feels like the trend is sort of over a little bit, but like, is it? That is actually a good question. Is it over? I don't know. Is Battle Royale over now? I don't think it's over. I mean, obviously the player bases are stronger than ever, but like, I don't know. The question is, is there room for anyone to horn in on it after Apex Legends sort of did what it did? Yeah, and you know, you know, burn, you know, flared up and and faded out a little bit, and like now, you know, now we're all back in. Fortnite with Batman. But like, <laughs> I know you're right. It's kind of come back um, around. 
Uh, it's interesting. Batman and Thanos have both been in Fortnite. Steve. I mean, everyone's going to be in that uh, game. One of the, the only indirect Marvel DC crossover in like the last 20 years. And it probably will be the last yeah, one in the next 20 anymore. years. Yeah, there was a, it was a time... Yeah. At the time, they did that all the time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they were much more friendly yeah. in the, prior the days. The distinguished competition. Yep, absolutely. But, so uh, you don't think this will impact sales at all? Not at all. I mean, God of War didn't. Yeah, but you never expected God of War to have multiplayer. I never expected Last of Us 2 to have multiplayer until like someone brought it up. Oh, like, I did. I mean, I just assumed because it was in the first one. that I mean, it's not very often that a game has multiplayer and then a sequel doesn't have it. In fact, I don't know if I can think of any games that or franchises that have done that. Can you? Done what? That had yeah. multiplayer and then took it away later on? Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, God it. of War, because Ascension had multiplayer. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's I forgot about that god-awful multiplayer that yeah. Ascension had. Everybody forgets about Ascension. Yeah. God of War Ascension and Gears of War Judgment are the two games everyone forgets. Yeah. Like, like spin-off prequels that everyone forgets. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it was a great loss. Um, Wolfenstein, the Wolfenstein games don't have multiplayer anymore. That's true. Yeah. Um, and, and instead, they made a separate co-op game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it sounds like what Naughty Dog is about to do I'll with bet. The Last of Us. So maybe that's just the trend now. Is like finish your single-player campaign. If you do want to do multiplayer, well, you can just put mm. that out all on its own now. You don't uh, really have to. Uncharted Lost Legacy didn't have multiplayer. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was kind of running parallel to 4, which had it. Right. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, I I don't have a tremendous perspective on this because I don't care about I honestly don't care either because I didn't but, like the multiplayer in the first Last of Us. I think I played it for, like, a day or two days. But it's like if you really were if, – if multiplayer not being it is, like, a make or break for you and you look at those trailers and you're like, mm, whatever. If I can't beat people up with a stick, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, clearly, that wasn't a game for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how prevalent that would be. I think people are, are on yeah. board to experience this uh, as what is being sold as, which is a big cinematic experience. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to affect sales at all either. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But, mm. but yeah, it's uh, people – I think the other part of it too is – and I don't think this was intentional, but people have waited so long for this game now that they're just kind of in this state where they'll just take whatever they can get. They're so desperate to play it, like – well, that, I mean, that's a pretty good take what you can get looking at those trailers. Oh, yeah, of course. So, I mean, the game's going to be But people forget, like like you forget that, like, that, you know, Last of Us 1 was last gen. Yeah, it was. Yep. Last of Us 1 was on the PS3. I mean, it's crazy to think about. We, we've only got, or we have only got one so far, but we're only going to get two Naughty Dog games this entire generation. Yeah, unless you count that la- spinoff. Uh, unless of- you count the spinoff. I mean, and I think the spinoff's better than Uncharted 4. So. <laughs> it's not as big, though. It's much It's shorter. not, but it's, it's... It's like a DLC it's episode. Better. Yeah. But it's a better uh, story, better pacing, better everything, and uh, Chloe, Chloe feels about uh, Sam Drake the same way I do, so that uh, helps a lot. <laughs> Naughty Dog is getting to uh, Rockstar North output levels here. Oh, in terms of quality, or in yeah. terms of how long it takes? How them? long it takes to put out a game? Well, I think you part of that is like, I mean, Uncharted Four wasn't, and Lost Legacy weren't that long ago. And uh, I think you're running into the issue of, like, there was that big kind of shakeup there where Hennig left and, yeah. and brought some of her people with him, and they kind of had some reorganization. That really happening. seemed to have kind of ruined this generation for Naughty Dog. I think it having threw a, quite a wrench into things. Yeah, yeah, having to redo a lot of the stuff for Uncharted 4 after yeah. she left and 
you know, any of the pre-pro that they had done on The Last of Us before she left that she was involved in, although I don't know if there was much of that, but... Yeah, but like they say, well, according to some of the people that were working on, you know, the motion capture actors and stuff, some of them said, like, they completely reshot it from the beginning, and, like, roles changed, actors didn't come back for things, like, it was a whole different thing. It still really seems like they added Sam Drake so that Neil could work with his buddy Troy Baker again. Yeah. Um... God, I hate Sam Drake. Like, I really can't. <laughs> I really cannot emphasize how much I hate Sam Drake. But again, that's why I like Lost Legacy, because Lost Legacy also hates Sam Drake. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, you know what? If it if they had to cut multiplayer to finally get this game out, I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, and I'm guessing that's probably what happened. They're like, you know what? We've got to release this game, and the multiplayer is going to tack on an extra however many months mm-hmm. to development. Let's just Somewhat, get the like, I mean, campaign also, out there. Remember when they first announced this thing, and I said it was going to be out in like 2019, and you thought that was crazy. Yeah, you thought, yeah. You thought it was like a year out or something. Yeah. And I was like, nope, nope. Because, These, but I think that backs up what I just said about how their output has changed so drastically this generation. But I, but I didn't surprise me. I mean, I figured it was going to take them how long it took them, especially because. Uh, now Neil Druckmann was sort of running the whole show, and he can only supervise so much at one time. So, it, and especially because he clearly had to shepherd Uncharted Four uh, to completion, uh, it seems like he didn't have to be quite so hands-on with Lost Legacy. Um, I can't remember who like head, headed that up. I don't remember it, either. It was, uh, it was somebody else, but he did, he did a very good job, and um, then was able to focus on that. But it was clear to me that Last of Us Two was way way out when all they showed was that pre-rendered guitar scene. I'm like, oh, that's years. So I got, you know, I just had arguments this week online with people uh, who were convinced that that Starfield is coming next year, and that like Elder Scrolls Six is going to be like 2021. Yeah, and I'm like, no, no. Like, if if Starfield's out in 2021, it'll be a minor miracle, and Elder Scrolls Six is halfway through the next decade, no question. To the point that it went back and forth so much that I, I made a bet that I said. Um, uh, if Starfield comes out in 2020, I will buy it for you. Oh. Like, I have no doubt in my mind we will not see Starfield at launch for the... P- I mean, I'd love it, because yeah. I'd love to play... A bit, you, know, those, you know, those two games are some of my most anticipated games. I'd love to play them sooner, although, with the caveat that I don't think rushing to Bethesda game is a very good idea. I think um, that They're buggy enough as it is when they take the hard time. Yeah. Um, just release Skyrim again, I guess. They will. <laughs> Anytime they need to refill the coffers, they're like, is there a platform that doesn't have Skyrim yet? Come on, surely there's one. Yeah. And that's a good, you know, Bearded Smurf makes a good point there. Like, that's a pretty good spread for game releases. Three years from... 2013, 2016, look, 2017, no, see, but see, I don't count. Look, Lost Legacy, that's not like a separate release. It's, so it's, 20, it's four years between releases from Uncharted 4 to The Last of Us 2. Hmm. That's a long time. Not with that kind of fidelity, really. I mean, look how long it takes them to do uh, stuff like... Uh, yeah, Fire Native says Oya doesn't have Skyrim yet. <laughs> Oya doesn't have anything. I have an Oya. Oya doesn't have an somewhere. Oya. It's, the Oya's gone. It's done. That's I mean, hilarious. I mean, this is this is like, you know, top-level prestige AAA game making. Takes I mean, so they're in time. Rockstar territory. What, what was Sucker Punch's last game? A launch title for the PlayStation 4. Yeah, I guess you're right. Second Son. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Like, stuff takes time. Four years. We can't all be insomniac. 
Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is that it has Insomniac makes stuff, like, fast. I mean, the other thing... You're right. The other thing, too, though, is that it's not really been four years. It's been a lot longer since The Last of Us 1 came out. Right. They don't have just one team there. It's not like they finish Uncharted and then Mm -hmm. everybody moved over to The Last of Us. Yeah, to make the remaster and and all that. I I I do think at some point it got to be pretty much all hands on deck for Uncharted 4. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you finish a game, that's pretty much the last year yeah. or whatever. That doesn't always happen with multiple teams. Usually the teams get pretty separate. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that I, th- I think a company-wide effort happened to get Uncharted 4 done in a reasonable amount of time. Because if that thing slipped to 2017 and then you had Lost Legacy, I mean, it all backed up until we – because I, I do think it is – it was made imperative to them that they get Last of Us 2 out before the PlayStation 5 launch. Oh, I'm sure. Because you want that. I mean, I'm sure they were given that mandate a long time ago. Yeah, you want that those sales out there for the the huge PlayStation Four install base, but you also and then like you can use the. I don't think they're going to do a remastered version. I think it's just going to be it'll oh, look just, be- yeah. it'll look better on the new system. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think you also want it there to be like for comparison. You want everybody to have played it and know what it looks like and be like, now it looks like this on the new system. Yeah. And I was like, oh wow, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, whatever it takes, I guess. But like. It's hard to argue. It's like so much detail and so much time goes into these things with the way Naughty Dog does it. Like just, you know, like. You can see it though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at all the all the detail and all the little cans you're about to knock off that table and never look at again. Some Someone spent weeks on Is that. Is it worth it? No. Yeah, it's really, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like it, it, for the moments where you get to look at something and be like, wow, that's crazy. Look what they did there. Um, I think sure. it might be worth it because stuff like that the critics pick up on. And the critics decide what game gets game of the year. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, if I would have been it, I, I have never had an interest in making games, ever. It's just that, you know, but the I've detail has to be there. It's like, you know, I tell the story about that guy, a you know, friend of a friend, but he was he was in digital effects, and he desperately wanted to work on the Transformers. He loved Transformers. He wanted to work on Transformers. He got a job at ILM. Right as Revenge of the Fallen was was happening, the second Michael Bay movie, and he got assigned to Transformers, and he was like, "I get to work on Transformers! Oh my god!" I go down. And his job for two years was to model bricks falling off the Great Pyramid as Devastator. He didn't make a robot. He didn't design a Transformer. He didn't render anything but bricks falling off of a of a pyramid for two years. And I'm like, I couldn't. That's a thank. Like, it's a thankless <laughs> job. Honestly. But those have to be there, or it doesn't sell the shot. Like you have to have those. Or the shot doesn't work, so it's not like it's not important. Oh, it is, yeah. But like, you know, you're going to the theater, they, watch it with your family. You're like, "There's my brick." Are the <laughs> yeah? Are the games? You know, is is Uncharted Four still going to sell the same number of copies if I can't read the words on the tomato paste can? Yeah, probably. Probably, but it's going back but, to what I was saying. But like, that wouldn't be Naughty Dog, would it? No, but I think critics do matter in some of those cases, and critics do notice that crap. Somewhat. And stuff like that goes a long way when you're talking about critics who play a ton of games all year. Yeah, I mean, Sony's those thro- little things that stand Sony's out. Sony's throwing the money at it for you know. It's, they clearly, they consider Naughty Dog their prestige studio. Oh sure. Um, yeah. Along with Sony Santa Monica, and uh, sure, you know, why not? Make make makes sense. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about something that's not quite as exciting, and that mm-hmm. is Mario Kart Tour. The, have you played this? God, no. Oh, I, you didn't play it. You didn't even try it. No. Once I found out that you, you like, don't really drive, yeah. like, I was like, nah, I'm good. I, nah. So Mario nah. Kart Tour is the first ever mobile Mario Kart game, and, it, and to me... 
a huge fan, longtime player of Mario Kart. It is a complete and utter travesty. <laughs> it is awful. You looked it. Oh, my gosh. Let me just start with the orientation. Well, it's free to start. No, right. <laughs> Let me just start with the, the orientation. Who decided that playing Mario Kart vertically was a good idea? Phone's going to phone. No, there are plenty of mobile games that you can play both ways. But all of Nintendo's games are, are vertical. They are. They are. So I, that must be a thing they think is important. A thing. <laughs> it's a yeah. thing that they think is a thing. I don't know why a racing game where you need to see. Well, I mean, first of all, it, it's not really a racing game. It is like if you play it, it's almost more like a fighting game where you're trying to build combos than, like, really race somebody. Mm -hmm. You do not even have to touch your phone to finish in the top three in this game. You don't have to touch it. The auto steer in this game is so generous that you cannot touch your phone and you can place in the top three in a race, quote-unquote race. Wow. Oh. It looks nice. It yeah, I mean, it looks like Mario Kart. It plays nothing like Mario. But I hear to get Mario, you have to either like buy some like starter bundle or hope you get a 0.1% drop from a loot box. So it's a gotcha game, which yeah. means it's all loot boxes. Who do you start and... with? Like what? You start... uh, who did I even start with? It was like Toad or Toadette mm. is who I started with. I mean, I don't know if it's different for everyone who plays it, but that's who they gave me first was Toadette. So it's kind of like. It looked to me like Fire Emblem, where like you're you're desperately hoping that you get characters you care about out of these loot boxes. And if you don't, you need to pay five dollars a month. Right. That's pretty much what it comes down to. It's a five dollar a month gold plan, whatever. Um, but you know me, I'm a gameplay first guy, and I was like, despite all this other crap, if it plays okay, whatever, I I'm down. And it plays like trash, so you have to play with a touch screen. And I never quite got to grips with how to control it, to be honest with you. But then at the end of the day, you don't really have to control it because it'll just guide you around the track all on its own. It's, I mean, to me, it's like a slot machine. That's really all it is with like a Mario Kart like veneer on it. It's, there's no multiplayer. Oh, right. But like they name the, the opponents like, fake internet names, don't they? Yeah. Well, the <laughs> multiplayer is supposed to be coming. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't there at launch. That seems like a reason to delay the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> Mario Kart. <laughs> but like, if that's not ready, the game's not ready. I mean, look, the reason why the auto steer is so generous is because the controls suck. I never came to grips with how to power slide or how to take turns. Like, it's just, it's like you tap left or right to turn, but then you have to like hold it and drag it to drift. And I could like never get it. I could never get it right. Uh, you not tap nine. Yeah, I guess you tap up and down to fire weapons. Um, but like you, you have to the gotcha so slow. Uh, yeah, the gotcha isn't just for characters though. It's for like everything. Mm. It's like all the power ups and all the other stuff you get. Like you need that stuff to progress through the game. Um, I, it's, it's awful. It's Nintendo's worst mobile game, in my opinion. And it hasn't been great at mobile games no, so far. But it definitely seems to be the worst 
emulation of the game it's trying to capitalize on. Yeah, I mean, and I get it. Like, mobile is a different platform. People play it differently. People consume mobile gaming differently. I understand all that. I don't play a ton of mobile games, but I do know if a game is fun to play or not. And this game is not fun to play. Mm-hmm. I don't know how... Look at, it doesn't look fun. I mean, it's crazy. Look at it. How You look at it, it should just scream fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Mario Kart. But look, you, like the gliders, you have to count on getting good gliders because really how you progress in this is like building up like your gear count, like your points. It's not about like finishing first or second in a race. It's about how many points you collect while you're racing. You can see the number rolling up there mm-hmm. and like on the top right. That's what matters. And it changes the whole perspective of playing the game. Yeah, I, can, I can hear the, like the sound effect when you get the item. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, it's awful. I am. Uh, to me, Nintendo has not done great with mobile. Most of its mobile games have been passable. This game is yeah. not passable. It's not. Um, the points, ironically enough, I mean, it, the points-driven gameplay just completely—it's not—it's not a racing game. I mean, that's the crazy part. It's a Mario Kart game. It's not a racing game. Yeah, Fire Emblem Heroes bugging me again right now, just now. Oh, uh, what on your phone? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. How perfect timing there, anyway. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I was really disappointed in this. I did spend probably an hour and a half with it, something like that, and I just got to the point where I just didn't care anymore and stopped playing. So it is free to start, which is Nintendo's favorite thing with mobile. Yep. So you can go download it right now from the App Store, and you can play it, and you can find out, just like I did, that it wasn't worth the bandwidth. <laughs> Especially with the way they're throttling my mobile phone now. I def- I feel cheated at this point. Who, is, who do you think would pay a monthly fee to play a Mario Kart game on a phone? I really don't know, man. I really don't know. Like, that's my big question. I don't know. I... I would rather pay $5 for the game and have it be a real Mario Kart. How about mm-hmm. that? I'm down with that. Like, I'd be fine with that. I would have paid $5 for a good Mario Kart mobile. But you're asking $5 a month from me just so the game may or may not be tolerable wrong pass not gonna happen <laughs> so yeah um i oh, do and that's how you race with 200 cc oh you have to pay oh, for wow. it you have to pay you the 200 cc doesn't unlock until you pay the five dollars mm. and it but again like the motor classes don't really matter like they usually do because they're not really a ra- it's not really a racing game like I don't even just watching that footage, like it just felt like it was going so slow. Yeah, I mean, but you know, 50cc does feel slow, even in the console Mario Karts. Like if you're watching it, it seems like you're just inching along. Yeah. And the the lack of multiplayer at launch is insane. I mean, that's what Mario Kart is known for is multiplayer. Nobody's like, I can't wait to go play the Grand Prix. Like that's (laughs) not what people say about Mario Kart. They can't wait to race and battle their friends. That's what people care about. So. There you go, Mario Kart Tour, the first uh, Mario Kart for mobile, and based upon how this one turned out, it very well might be the last. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the last topic of today's show, and it's going to be kind of brief because I have not had a chance to play the final version, but Matt has. Uh, We're going to talk about Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, I did play the Tom beta. Clancy's Ghost Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. As I Recon continually Breakpoint. find out because it keeps filing the damn thing under, under T. T. Yeah. Well, I play Ghost Recon. Where's the Ghost Recon? I guess that, oh, con- that contract isn't damn satisfied it, quite yet. <laughs> I mean, they'll probably always leave it in there because they did pay so much for that license the in ghost the first of Tom place. Clancy Recon. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so Matt and I delivered our impressions after we played the beta. And uh, mm-hmm. I think both of us 
mostly liked it. I liked it. I was disappointed that it wasn't more like kind of how it was marketed when it was first shown off. Mm. It is more like Wildlands than I think most people want to admit or... Not me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ubisoft doesn't fool me anymore. Yeah. I I know what they're pushing. Um, But so anyway, Matt, you started playing the early access version last night. Ubisoft sent me my review code this morning, so I have not had a chance to play the final version. Uh, maybe instead of just going back over the whole thing again, mm. you just talk about the things that you noticed that were different from when we played it before. Um, well, not a lot, uh, really. So I, so I'm this. So now I'm playing on the Xbox One X. My, I played the beta on the PS1, PS4 Pro. Uh, very similar. Um, I did start on. Uh, so I started on graphic fidelity, and as a matter of fact, these. This is the opening cutscene that plays when you first start the game. These cutscenes chugged under graphic <laughs> fidelity, like the pan across the 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 like the, the so facility wait, they're, and everything. they're real time. I think they are because oh. the frame rate was tanking, <laughs> and which ex- oh, which explains geez. a lot because like actually in the cutscenes you are wearing all your custom clothing and stuff, yep. even when yeah, the story is. stuff. So I guess yeah, they true. are all yeah. real time. But yeah, it was chugging like crazy, and once I got on the ground and was running around, like it was chunky like it was not unplayable but like i switched to to the the options were now graphical fidelity and resolution i want to feel like it said performance on the beta um i don't remember but i switched over to resolution and oh played way better smooth as silk after that um with a few exceptions there's a pro tip for you so i definitely would are you playing on an x yeah so definitely playing resolution not graphics fidelity uh it looks fine uh, on resolution doesn't I, I don't notice a massive difference it's mostly just like ground clutter and like some minor details um, and uh, other than that like everything's pretty much like this the screen tearing's still there a lot of the, all the typos are still there in the in the subtitles really? and stuff the only thing I really noticed they fixed uh, was the the depth of field problems in the cutscene so I specifically okay. got through all the missions that were in the beta to see because that one cutscene on the dock with the, the with the, the guy, old man the older the, guy with yeah. his, with his uh, with his son or his daughter, um, the, that was those were the ones where your character was in focus and he was out of focus. Yeah, and they fixed that. That okay. was and that was true on Xbox and PS4. I know that, but like that was fixed. Uh, everything else is pretty much all the weird little glitches and weird little like presentational problems are all the same um, as they were in the beta. Uh, down to down to the subtitles calling grunts grounds. Oh jeez. Uh, and weird little was weird little wrong words in the subtitles. I normally don't use don't use subtitles, but I was using this because I was just listening to other things while playing it because I'd already played this part. Yeah. Um, everything else is pretty much the same. Um, I will say that I think th- I'm playing on normal just like I did on the beta. I will say that I think the enemies seem a little smarter than they were in the beta. They were in the beta. Um, I mean, I still have a couple things where I just was able to kind of hole up in one place and let them all come to me and headshot them as they came up, and I just took the whole facility out by doing that. But there are a couple higher, like, bigger facilities where, like, I made a mistake early on trying to get in, and they saw where I was, and they chased me around the perimeter and, like, held me down with mortar fire. Wow. And, like, some guy came out and, and, and like, flanked, came out, out front and all the way around and flanked me on the side, and I had no idea who was coming at me from that side. Um, I got I've, I've been gotten killed uh, probably as many times in half the gameplay time of the beta as I have in the whole beta. Oh wow! So I've been killed a few. You mean times in the final version? In the final you died version, a lot yeah. more. Yeah. So I've died several more times than I did in the beta, um, and not like in like stupid like weird ways, but in, in like oh yeah they got me 
like okay like i get it um and then i have to approach that in a different manner um so i'm, I'm actually kind of happy with that like i don't know if that's just like a coincidence of like what angle i approached what area at i could be i came at a different angle than i did on the other ones um but it felt like i wasn't up against quite so brain dead ai not brilliant but yeah. like you know, there's still things where I'm like having a huge shootout with guys, and another group patrol just sort of drives by ten feet away and ignores it completely. Oh, that um, sometimes you're thankful for that. Though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> arguing all the time. Yeah, um, but uh, other than that, it's pretty much the same. Uh, it is nice to have the whole map available. Like I got a, oh, like a sure. I got a faction thing that like happened like way down in the crazy like southwest corner. And I'm like, screw it, I'm just gonna grab a helicopter and fly out there. And I did, did the thing, came back, it was great, you know. Got got a fast travel point down there. You know, it's it's nice to open up the map. It's nice to play it and like know that my progress counts this yeah, time. Yeah, um, you never want to go too far in betas. Right, you're like, man, it's I'm just wasting my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna um, get it back. So yeah, I mean, it's it's it. If there were things, if you play the beta and we're like, oh, this feels kind of rough, it still feels kind of rough. It, it does. Feel, it feels definitely feels like um, whether I don't know whether it's going to be like improved over the next coming months or if there's a quote unquote day one patch. I'm sure there Friday. will be. Yeah. Um, you know, you might be in a situation where you're paying extra money for early access because you get the early access through the, the deluxe version and the crazy $120 version or whatever. But you get early access for those. Um, so you might be maybe paying extra money to beta test it a little bit. Yeah. That seems to be more and more the trend with these early access things is not just you get to play it early, but you also get to play like a, you know, kind of an early version in the worst sense of the term. Did you play um, with anyone else? No, um, I did not in my team. Although I've, obviously there are tons of people hanging around uh, Erewhon, the the you know the homesteaders sort of like home base. So there are enough people I, playing right there, now. There are a lot of people. It was, okay. it was full again. Full. Of, you know, if you're just gonna leave your fucking character idle in the home base playing heavy metal through your speakers, bite me. Yeah, it's so a lot of people dumb. do that, man. Or hip hop, and I, it's I one or the other, and it's I metal went back or hip hop. And, yeah. <laughs> and I went back and forth to the base, you know, turn in quests or get whatever. And every time, I, the same guy was still standing there next to the shop, blasting some That's like they, in, do. they leave and death like metal. go out for to school for the day and just leave it. But they're doing there. something because otherwise it disconnects you for idle. So like, they're does they're, it? Yeah. So they're setting it up. They're setting it up to like hold the camera down or something, because like, otherwise they'll boot you after like ten minutes. You're right. They probably tape the one analog yeah. stick to the just side to make sure so everyone like, hears their shitty music. Uh, Minor annoyance. Yeah, and there's and then there's like moments where like I'm like, is that in the game or is it? In, and then I realize like, oh, it has. To, is it in the game or is it from a player? I'm like, oh, it must be the player because the the surround is way better on this. Right, not, right. Because that radio is actually kind of have terrible surround and fade out wrong, but the players sound right there. Yeah. Boom. Um, I still think that's weird that like you're you're sitting around and everyone's just like, oh, we're so desperate and no, we don't have enough men and we can't. It's like there's like a hundred people all all standing about by the bar in identical <laughs> gear. You're just like, all right. <laughs> Um, but I still, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. Um, uh, I picked a different class this time, so that's fun. What did you do? Uh, what did you take? I went with a stealth class this time. I oh, okay. With, I did assault in the beta, and I'm doing because, and I realized like when I went to pick the class this time, I'm like, you know, I snuck around a lot more than I expected to when I played the beta. So I'm just going to pick the stealth class this time and see if, and it is it, it definitely more my play style, at least solo. I would probably switch to assault if I were going to play with a group, but. Um, or maybe maybe the the medic because it can you know it can do the the um, the group heal and oh, right. all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, did you make it farther in the campaign than you did? Did you make it past the point where it, the beta stopped? Yeah, us? I made one made one mission past that. 
Um, Anything which worth mentioning not, there? I mean, no. It was it was literally just because after you you do that that uh, the final mission there with a the guy on the pier, uh, you basically have to start trying to hunt down the 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 head of the you know was it Jay Skell the the, yeah. head, the the Steve Jobs Jeff Bezos equivalent yep um, uh, or Elon Musk you know insert whatever insert tech <laughs> insert, guru guy of your choice insert tech billionaire yeah and. Um, the, the, the next step is just like finding this one particular guy you think might know where he is, and it's it was it's just a conversation. But after, once once I was done, and then the servers went down. Oh. <laughs> so for planned maintenance, it was like it was like you know it gives you a countdown and everything. It wasn't it wasn't an error or anything. Someone's in our chat right now asking like, does this play like Wildlands? I, exactly. Like it Wildlands. plays exactly like it, yeah. but except again, you don't have three other AI frames right. with you. You 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 can you can do this the sync shot if you get a re- consumable item. Like a, a drone, that's a consumable yeah. item, um, but you you do not have uh, companions in this. But other than that, yeah, it's pretty much the same. And sometimes when you get shot enough, you'll get a an injury that blocks out one or more of your health bars that won't regenerate until you do a very long kind of animation of like bandaging, bandaging. it up. But it's I mean I've done that in the middle of firefights and it hasn't been a thing. Um, they they probably should have called this Wildlands too. Uh, they definitely could have called it Wildlands 2. That would have been a fair... I think it would have been smarter call to call it Wildlands 2. Maybe so. After the way the first game sold, like, why would you ditch that... Maybe so. ...that brand? <laughs> like, I mean, the fact that someone's in our chat asking right now, like, hey, is it like Wildlands? Like, because that's what people want. That they, yeah. A lot of people bought it and really liked it. They would like to play another game like that with a new quest and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's weird that they... Then again, that's why I thought this game was going to have a, diff- a different angle, a different bent to it than it does. But nope, nope, it's the same thing. So if you've been looking for Wildlands Two, here you go. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I actually like it a little better, just in the sense that um, there are the, some subtle set- changes. I think the setting's more interesting. I like. You know, I know you're not a big fan of the drone stuff, but I think the the idea of like the tech stuff going out of control is is interesting. Uh, I love the. Um, I love the fact that the thing keeping you from getting off the island is like swarms of drones that just like burrow through. Like yeah, the, the I, I like that too. That trying, I mean, yeah. there's, there's, a lot of cool there's actually here. like a legitimate reason why you can't leave yeah. this time. Like, take like, note, a lot Far of Cry these, team. Right, like, no, what, seriously, <laughs> like Far Cry is so absurd. It's like just leave. What are you doing? Get in a boat, go down the <laughs> river, get to fucking Missoula or whatever, <laughs> or just, and bring the National Guard in. Right, or just lay on a log and float down the river. You don't even need a right. boat. But this gives you a legitimate reason why they cannot leave. Yeah, and it's you know and it's a scary one. Too. It like, is. It's, it's an effective scene. Absolutely, and it's funny because the swarms are what take your choppers down at the beginning of the game. And watching the cutscene again now that I'd played the game, I realized that that's what you're seeing. Do that. When I watched it originally, I thought it was just oh, they put flocks of birds in it. No, and, and no, they're... no. That's actually was bringing <laughs> each other. But I mean, you're not supposed your character's not supposed to know what that is right, when right. it happens. Yeah, so the it's, first. It's effective, yeah. but like, so yeah, so yeah. I mean, I think they've done a pretty cool job here. I don't know if I'm gonna finish it because God, that game's huge. Yeah, it but, looks like it's gonna be ginormous. But it's it's I I can see myself in the same way I did with Wildlands, which I didn't get until it was very cheap. Um, but I could see myself just sort of, you know, periodically dipping into it because there's not really – this isn't really one of those games like open world long games where like you start it up months later and not know what you're doing or remember yeah. how to do anything because <laughs> it's, it's very straightforward. It's just like here's a world, go shoot things, go find loot, done. Yeah, you know, that's pretty it? much it. And, yeah. uh, and I'm kind of fine with that. I mean they're trying to make the plot something worth caring about this time, but I don't know. Based upon what I had played in the beta – 
<laughs> I don't see that happening. I mean, I'm looking forward to shooting the Punisher in the head and all. Sure, like, yeah. It's not, uh, it's not high literature or anything, no. but it's it's good enough. Um, in fact, I've already had some pretty cool firefights and, and shootouts with things, and you know, trying to like be, you know, I'm continually trying to be clever about how I infiltrate things and having to just go completely wrong, which is like you know the best part of open world stealth stuff is yep. like having to improvise. And the best your way laid out plans go awry. Absolutely. So, yeah, the game comes out Friday. Yeah, officially Friday. Hopefully they'll have some more fixes in line. Um, but, you know, right now, if you played the beta, you pretty much know what this is, what you're getting into. Yep. So uh, it, it's honestly identical except for that, as far as I can tell, except for that cutscene change. And they've been become more efficient at killing me one way or the other. I don't know if that's... If there's like this this scene where you know these guys all come at you in this in this one mission, they ran me over like a. I mean, I was pretty much where you are here. They just came at me. They just they ran me you. over. Like they just wow. ran. Around, like, they held me down like with the with the fire. I couldn't put my head up, and they just ran around the corner and just shot me in the head. Wow. Like, like the very efficient. And then the second time I tried it, I just was able. I you know I went back one one more box and was able to just headshot them before they even got out of their vehicles. Ah. Uh. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I was just trying to Rambo it too much, but like, yeah, running out in this game is a sure way to get yourself killed. Yeah, it's <laughs> you not, can't just uh, run into stuff in this game. For I mean, sure. you could. Uh, the other thing, of course, is when I was uh, the the assault class makes you a little more resistant to damage. Yeah. So that might have been maybe uh, I, was, yeah, I might have been had a lot to, to that. Like yeah. I, I thought I could take more. Not hits. as much armor. Yeah. But anyway, so this comes out Friday for PC, PS4, Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got it this morning, and I had to do all the pre-production for Game Face. I didn't have a chance to play it. Install the 40 gigs or whatever yeah. it is. It's, it's I'm going to have to clear some game. stuff off of my uh, Pro at this point. It's that my hard drive is I had to out. clear some stuff off my Pro for uh, Destiny. Yeah. Which I didn't even pl- I mean, I don't know when I'm going to get to that. I'm so far behind on all the Destiny stuff. It would be awesome if you could play it before next week's show. Uh, probably not. Yep. <laughs> well, both of us are going to play this, and we'll be definitely go far more in-depth on it uh, for next week's episode. But we just wanted to get something in your ear before you had to make the decision on Friday on whether you want to buy it or not. Uh, I guess the general consensus is if you like the beta, you're probably going to like the final game. And it's it's just Wildlands 2. Yeah, and it's Wildlands 2. Yep. And so if you liked Wildlands, the first one, you're probably going to love this one. Yeah. Because it does have some refinements over. Yeah, it's definitely a, a smoother experience than Wildlands one. Yep. Or wild. I mean, it's just Wildlands. It's not Wildlands. <laughs> uh, my guess is eventually they do make a Wildlands too, but yeah. we'll see. So when so when you get intel off these papers, why do you only get one? I don't know. The, I, I don't know why you have to pap- select the intel together. Does the paper? Does the paper? change or does it know. does it bur- is it like inspector gadget where it self-destructs or like what's go- what, what happens i there? i don't even know. sometimes when you meet people and you can ask them for intel you can ask them multiple times right but the paper which you would think would just you'd also think you could just it either has the information it either has the information it. on it or it doesn't right and either you took a photo of it or you didn't yeah. I, I don't get it at all i have no idea what they're well, thinking there i look forward to the terminator event which inevitably will probably happen because it's happening every happening every other game. I don't know if you saw. They put a trailer out for the Mortal Kombat for the Terminator. I saw Mortal it Kombat. just as I walked out today. I don't know if I've ever heard a worse Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. And he chose the guy. Yeah, they let him choose the impersonator. Does not, maybe that's the not, problem. Maybe maybe that's not. He, he doesn't want he an impersonator that like. makes that, or he doesn't want an impersonator that makes him sound like dumb or whatever. I think that's the problem with this one. I think he does sound dumb. Oh, like I think he, he does. He sounds like it's like. 
Oh, we'll get to, I mean, it, it sounds almost. It sounds like a halfway between like a Stallone impression and a Schwarzenegger oh, really? impression. Weird. Maybe it's what he hears in his head. Uh, we all hear our own voices different. In our I saw heads. that got published for like right as it's I was too low. Out the door. That's the thing. Is it's oh. too low. But you hear your voice is lower because it resonates through your through your head. How funny is it that he can't do his own voice work anymore? <laughs> I mean, like, wait, wait a minute. You had to choose a stand-in for you. Well, like, it probably cost too much. Really? But yeah. they paid him to pick the other guy. I'm sure that's less. <laughs> You're already. Hilarious. I mean, it might even be part of his uh, part of the deal when you license his image, right? Yeah. Um, but like and his to, voice, that's extra. But to pay him for voice, I'm sure it was extra. Yeah, it's Tom ridiculous. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> All right. Some, the... Someone probably pays that man to breathe every day. <laughs> All right, it's time for our trailer of the week. Uh, look, if that trailer had come in early enough, it absolutely would have been the trailer of the week. But it, like I said, it literally popped up on Sifted the minute I was walking out the door to come here to the studio. So that is not our trailer of the week this week, but we have another, I believe, really good one. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I feel like we didn't really know a lot about the plot. We had kind of like a rough outline and some bullet points, uh, but this week they finally released a story trailer for it, which kind of tells the tale to come. Let's roll it. Are you people okay shut that thing off and grab some seat i know you don't trust me but we have a common enemy and a common cause He's searching for something. Something very precious to the Empire. We're done hiding, Cal. Are you with us? We're in. All right, where are we going next? Not from the Empire. Not from the dark side. Not from me. All right, Matt, so what do you think, man? Looks this game has been put through the ringer over the last like yeah. six or seven months. Looks great. To it me. looks like it's running into form to me. Yeah, and the I mean the combat looks. I mean I think people are giving it not nearly enough credit for like what they're doing with the combat. I think part of that is respawn's fault though. Like it, it showed that big chunk of gameplay, but it, it it never showed in all that that time. It never really showed like fast paced like. I don't know. Everything felt slow and kind of clunky. Not that anyone's played it, but I'm saying watching it, it just felt like it was very kind of contrived and I don't know. It didn't know, feel like it, it was very dynamic, I guess, is what I'm I don't agree at. with that at all. I think, And I think that attitude is why they don't show gameplay demos anymore. 
like it, it's a big, it's an early level. It's not supposed to be the most intense thing you've ever seen. It's supposed to be a demo of what you can do in it. And I think they accomplished that. And if people want to misinterpret that, that's their problem. But they're wrong. And that trailer helps show it. And the final release will show it too. Like there's more to that combat system than whacking things with a nerf bat. Oh, I, I absolutely know that. For I mean, it's look at where it's coming from. I believe. Oh that. yeah. But I just think the pacing of the combat, what they showed initially, it just it just didn't have like a a whip to it. Like, it just seemed like everything was very deliberate and, like, it almost well, felt like I, think I would not be surprised if that is the first thing you do, what we saw, the, like, the E3 era demo. I would not be surprised if that was the first real level after the tutorial stuff. Right, so that goes back to what I was saying where I think it's Respawn's fault that this game's reputation is where it is right now. Because eh. it chooses what... Maybe EA was heavy-handed and said, no, we're showing this. I don't know. I don't think it's EA. Lucasfilm, I guarantee you, is calling them. all the shots on that. Yeah. I mean, my, and you know, maybe they don't know what makes a good game demo one way or the other. And for the record, I'm um, still very excited for this game. I'm not one of the people who's like, oh, now it sucks. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling like that at all. I still am really excited to play it. Yeah, I'm into it. I like, you know, I like what they're showing with the, I, I love the little robot. I like the uh, the Inquisitor. I can't remember her name, but she looks nice and scary. Um, I like that thing at the beginning where she almost cuts through the door. Yeah. And the one, one woman is just, like, looking at the burn on the inside of the door where yeah. it almost got her. Like, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's I great. agree. Yep, I think it looks awesome. I'm excited for it. And we have a megaton of questions in here. Uh, we do have a little bit of extra time for this episode, so we'll try to get to a bunch of them. Um, ETH Demon. Have you seen the Pokemon stuff revealed by Game Informer? Also, they are very much going with the soccer theme with 18 gyms split... 18 gyms? Split between major and mm-hmm. minor leagues. Uh, I did see... I mean, the, I scrolled past it. I didn't read it off. I mean, I, Pokemon's also one of those things where I'm like, look, I already pre-ordered it. Like, you know, I don't need to be convinced any further. I mean, the only story that I really saw, honestly, was that there's autosave, which is a huge yeah. change for Pokemon. That's very different. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's one of those uh, things that doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is. There's something today about how you can use your favorite Pokemon in, like, competition. Oh, really? Which might explain why they've not done the full national Pokedex. Because there's more balancing that would need to happen there. I don't know. I still feel like eventually they will get the full decks in there, either as an update or as the ultra sword and shield. Are you gonna update. pay for it? Probably. I got all the other Pokemon games. Yeah. Um, from Very Toss, seeing as there was a backlash from not being at E3 and Jim Ryan being very anti crossplay, do you think Layden was forced out over disagreements about PlayStation's future? Possibly not wanting to do live press shows or caving to crross-play demands. There is no way that was important enough to get someone no. at his level. I don't out, think Layden even honestly cares about that crap. No. Like, I think he cares about when he has to because he's the face and he has to go out and explain. He has to do the thing. Yeah, but Layden, I mean, Layden's job is is very high-level corporate business yeah. strategy positioning and planning. Like, he, none of that is anything related to what he does. Yeah. He has, there are minions like four rungs below him that handle that stuff. So, yeah, yeah I don't think it, it has any effect on it at all. Um, Justin Horman, at this point, what do you think is most likely to happen? One, the Uncharted movie will release next December as currently planned. Or two, the movie's release will be delayed until the following year or later, but Sony will still push to, to eventually get it out. Three, the project will get canceled. Or four, something else. Definitely two with an outside chance of three. Uh, there is no way that thing comes out next December because they Travis Knight just got assigned to it. Like yeah. you can't make that movie in a year. The, and, what year is it? The months. sixth. He's the sixth director. Director to be assigned to it. <laughs> He's a good choice. Travis Knight is a good choice if they stick with him. 
Um, but there's, I mean, I don't think they'll cancel it, but there is a non-zero chance they'll cancel it because they've just been grinding away at it for so damn long. My choice is number three. The project will get canceled. I don't think they're willing to do that just yet. Like, they they really want to get that PlayStation Studios thing off the ground. Um, if only to, you know, be able to show that Sony can output movies that don't suck without the help of Marvel, but who knows what's going to happen. Travis Knight is a really good director. He, he, he made the only good tra- live-action Transformers movie. Yeah, but um, will he stick around? Like, nobody sticks around on this project. He's stuck they sign people up, and 60 days this, later, somebody man, else is gone. This man, well, it has never been that short. But like, I don't know. Trachtenberg this lasted last a year. Trachtenberg lasted, like, almost a year. I don't think it was. I think it was. He's on, he was on it for so. a while. I mean, also this just happens. Like you know, yeah. people people go on six directors though. Not six directors, but I mean that's going back like years and years to when Scorsese wanted to make something that was completely unrelated to. Was it Scorsese? Yeah, I think so. Was, think we want to make basically a movie about a pawn shop, right? <laughs> or something like it was like okay, you know. yeah. So I mean, I mean it's for the best probably that he's gone. Let's just right. Be honest. But like the um, it's it's. You know, this happened a lot of times. Like this stuff happens, and you don't know about. I mean, the, you know, Gemini Man just came out. Gemini Man's been floating around Hollywood since 1995. Yeah. Like it, you know, stuff takes a long time if you can't quite find the angle on it, and they're not sure about it. And sometimes they spend so much money on these things that like it costs more than just making the movie bad in the first place. Uh, but I don't think they'll cancel because they're considering this sort of their their flagship launch for this new studio situation, and having to cancel that would look really bad to both shareholders and the industry. So they will. I think they will get this thing made hell or high water. But um, And Travis Knight can see stuff. I mean, Travis Knight is a patient man. He works in stop motion. Uh, he'll, <laughs> it definitely takes he'll, a certain he'll get there. kind of person I think he'll get there, but it won't be next year. It might push to – I mean, get, but again, you can't really push to December after that because then you're up against Avatar. Um, the, the, the release date will definitely move to 2021 somewhere in there. I just don't know where. I would say maybe you dump it in October almost. I don't know. I don't know where you do. I don't know what you do with that. I wouldn't make that movie, frankly. I think the time has passed and Nathan Fillion's too old now. I mean, nothing against Tom Holland. Tom Holland's a good, a good pick for whatever, for whatever you want to do, I think. But, eh. Uh, AJ the Legend Watson. I think you have a new name. It used to just be AJ the Legend. Uh, any thoughts on Gearbox's response to Troy Baker's quote unquote wouldn't go union comment? I mean, it explains it, doesn't it? Yeah. Union is also generally more expensive. So we are talking about the company that wouldn't pay their ex VP to come back. I mean, and they're voice, being sued yeah. by like three different people. Wouldn't right come now back and vo- for... to voice claptrap. So yeah. sure, it doesn't I'd surprise me it. at all. Gearbox no. seems cheap. Also, well, just be also Troy Baker's not going to lie about the union. <clears throat> I, pro- I promise. Yeah. Why would he do that? Yeah. He works on so many other things. Like, yeah, that was it's Gearbox again being like minor leagues. Yeah, you don't do that. Like, you hire if you're going to work with someone, you hire all union, or you don't. Yeah. If you want to work with talent of that level, it's all you work, it's you like go union. It's like Telltale can hire Troy Baker, but Gearbox won't. Yeah, what Come the on. hell? Uh, it's insane. Gearbox again screws up. <clears throat> Why wouldn't you want Troy Baker in your game no matter what? It's like I don't know. He's such a prestige it name. Can, it doesn't cost that much. No. It's crazy. In comparison to what that game costs total? Nonsense. Uh here's one from Headingham J. Elizabeth Warren has plans to break up large corporations that threaten to become or have already been deemed monopolies. Hypothetically speaking, were this to eventually reach the video game industry, how do you see this affecting the smaller companies who have already been acquired? It wouldn't. I don't understand the question. 
They're talking about breaking up monopolies or antitrust in the game industry, which isn't a thing. Yeah, there isn't any. There isn't one. Yeah. Uh, the closest you could get would be, like, Sony ha- owning all the different companies that are, like, game stuff and movie stuff and whatever. That's it's not. They it's don't not own enough close. of the market to be worth anything. Yeah. That's, here's the thing about the monopoly thing that people don't seem to understand what a monopoly is. Like, to use Disney as an example, which gets probably brought up the most on YouTube yeah. these days as a monopoly. That, no, it's not. It's not even close. It's not. Because... You have There's, to control other, all chains. They have not just change. They have to control the means of production. Like if you couldn't make a movie without renting the Going equipment from Dim- yep. Disney, that would be a monopoly. Yeah. If Disney owned all the distribution channels to theaters, that would be a monopoly. And that, in fact, is what the studios had in the quote-unquote golden age of Hollywood back in the 40s and 50s until they broke up the studio system and said that, that studios can no longer own the theaters. Yep. So that's why theater chains grew up. You know, when, we, when our generation, when we grew up, we had the, the, the multiplexes and the theater chain. The reason those grew up was because now you could, you could run theaters and not be a movie studio. Right. Where that's why the movie studios would run those big boutique movie palaces because they wanted to present their movies in the most gorgeous and sumptuous and high-end way possible. I mean, we're talking about a business that used to say, if you don't price out some people, there's no prestige to it. So you had to make the tickets more expensive to the on the road shows to the point that you that people couldn't some people couldn't afford to go because if everyone could go, where's the desirability? That's yeah. the mentality of the industry you're talking about there. So there are no monopolies. There are in no the monopolies. Nothing even there's close no to that yeah. in video games. So that would never touch anything like that. Yeah, don't sweat it, man. Um, you're talking about. You know, pharma and and oil stuff. I mean, Warren yeah. Warren is after bi- the big big industries, not like that, not like entertainment. Oil and, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, she's not after Sony. Um, now to the real question. This is from AJ the Legend Watson. Actually, the last question was from Headingham J. This is another one from AJ the Legend Watson. Now to the real question. What did Mr. Kyle think of the Triple Force Friday stream? Does he have plans to get any of the products which re- release Friday, October 4th? I did not watch it. I don't even know what you're talking about. It was the reveal of the the new merchandise for the Star Wars movie. Oh, okay. So like they, the, the first wave of, new, of Rise of Skywalker merchandise comes out on October 4th. I don't plan to get anything. I don't really collect Star Wars stuff anymore. You're uh, done, huh? Except for uh, Galaxy's Edge lightsabers. Did I, the prequels kill it for you? Oh, no. no. Because <laughs> it did for one of my friends who was a collector. I don't hate the prequels. I think the prequels are f- below average <laughs> films, but overall I it think they It wasn't about fine. the movies. It was about that he bought all the merch, and it's now not worth the oh, plastic it's, completely worthless. it's made yeah. on. Yeah. So he doesn't collect anymore. He yeah. was like, I'm done. The flood of Episode One merchandise. You remember when that was the first time they really did a big midnight mm-hmm. launch for toys for anything? Yep. The big the the flood of Ep One merchandise that did not sell changed how toy distribution worked because the toy retailers were stuck with so much unsold. Pro- there were so many Chancellor Valorums on shelves that no one ever wanted. That surprise, changed- surprise. And this this actually became, it was a problem later for me. In in not anymore. Things have changed again because of the end of Toys R Us. But um, for a long time, that was a problem collecting Transformers, the ones that would be at retail, because stores would order one case, and a case generally had eight figures in it, one of you know two of each, and if you didn't get there first, you didn't get it. Especially when you had a girlfriend who also wanted them. Right. Basically, we needed a case. Yeah, we need our own case. Yeah, and if we didn't get there and find it right as it was put out, we didn't get them. Uh-huh. And a lot of times they would never order a second case of a wave, and the next thing you'd see two months later, you'd see a new wave, and that was it. You missed it. Yeah. Now they change it after Toys R Us went down. They change it. You, you can pre-order all retail stuff that, that Hasbro makes through their own online store. 
no problem. You know, I, and I have everything pre-ordered that I want from the retail chain going out like seven months. So I never have to worry about hunting down stuff in a Target ever again. Right. Um, but it was the, the, the initial paranoia, the year, the 10, 15 years of paranoia about being stuck with unsold products, so under-ordering all the toy product, comes directly from the episode one glut. <laughs> that, that not is that, surprising. So this is going to be, I mean, when I went, I will probably not even bother with the Friday release thing because um, when they did Last Jedi, I actually did go over to the Target near near me to uh, to see what the what the deal was, you know, if anything was going on. And the one, the only thing I would have been interested in would have been um, uh, like the actual six, the black series, like six inch, six inch figures. They got one case of them for the big midnight launch. The big midnight, there were three hundred people in line. They got one case of them, and the first person bought all eight. That was, and that was it. It was over. Everything else was just like plastic lightsabers and like the crap no one wanted. Children's stormtrooper costumes. So no, I'm probably not going to even bother. I don't even know if there's anything on there I would want. But right now, I'm pretty much limiting my Star Wars collecting to um, Galaxy's Edge lightsabers and um, the occasional Hot Toys 12-inch figure. Uh, I, I don't really do the mainstream retail stuff anymore. I think they're they're weird looking and cheap, and they put too much eyeliner on the Luke figures. I don't know where that. I don't know why they started putting the <coughs> eyeliner on the Luke figures. Next question from Vincent Sifted: PlayStation now is dropping its price to ten dollars a month and sixty dollars a year, and adding some big games like God of War, Uncharted Four, and GTA Five. Combined with the PS4 downloads, is that enough for it to compete with Game Pass and Stadia on the streaming side? I mean, I'm not convinced that competing with Stadia is a thing anybody needs to do yet. Not yet. Um, yeah. Compete with Game Pass. I mean, streaming is just a different beast. Like, I don't. I don't. I am never going to subscribe to PlayStation now. I don't care what it drops to. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to compete with Game Pass when Game Pass lets you download the games. Yeah. You're not streaming the games. And tends to have stuff that's, you know, day. I mean, Gears. Yeah, I mean, there. is PlayStation now going to let me play Last of Us 2 on February 21st? Nope. Don't think so. Nope. And until they do that, they're not going to compete. Um, freeze frame rate. Do you think a demo would help change people's minds on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Maybe. Z8? It depends on if it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, to. it could change their minds or it could give the game away, right? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be bad, but, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, does EA do that? Does EA do demos? Not a lot. I mean, it's done betas before. Here's the thing. Um, the people who are skeptical or hating on the game are a tiny, tiny minority of game nerd hardcore fans, and they are not the people that are going to make this thing a big hit. The people who are going to make this thing a big hit are the people who are going to be like, oh, look, Star Wars, bye. Yeah. Like, that's it. You don't need to put demos out for those people. No, um, you don't. They wouldn't even know they existed do, anyway. <laughs> yeah, all you need to do is put the commercials on NBA and NFL games <clears throat> and, yep. and the World Series, maybe, because that'll be in October as well. Um, I don't. I mean, it couldn't hurt with like sort of the core audience, uh, but like I don't know. Uh, one last note: Trachtenberg was brought in on the Uncharted movie in January, so nine eight, months, eight months ago, something like that. Long enough to have a baby. Yep. But not long enough to make a movie. Yep. Uh, Vincent says, "Remember, PlayStation now lets you download PS4 games now on PS4." He's right. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can download stuff now and All play right. and play them on your console. Well, that's I mean, that pricing, $10 a month, that's what it's going to have to be at to compete. Well, that's improvement, but, like, you still have to be more – yeah, it has to be something that's not a year old. Yep. So. Yep, for sure. Timeliness makes a big difference for sure. And, I mean, that's why EA – or uh, that's why Game Pass is doing so well mm-hmm. because it has day and date first-party stuff, not just third-party, first-party stuff. 
So that's that's a pretty pretty big deal. Yeah, you can't beat that. Nope. All right, so that's it for Game Face episode 184. Uh, just another friendly reminder, please subscribe via Twitch Prime. We really, really need the help right now. Just being honest with you guys, we really need it. Uh, and I think for most of you guys, it's turning over. And I know it's rolling, but we always try to say at least once a month and remind you guys to uh, go and do that. We appreciate it. Anybody who subscribed via Twitch Prime on the stream, we appreciate it as well. Uh, those of you who are just tuning in late, we had a big problem with Game Face today. The TriCaster crashed. Um, I'm actually kind of curious whether we should post this second half of the show by itself or whether you guys want to wait what could be quite a while to get the whole show together because I'm gonna have to go through some crazy Falcon version over the next couple days here to try to salvage the episode. So, oh wow, Nexus 6 Baddie just gave everybody subs, which hmm. is, I don't even know how that's possible, but. I don't know. What does that mean? It means he gifted a bunch of subscriptions to the various people in there. Wow, that is awesome. That's really awesome. I didn't oh. actually know you could do that, but that's pretty neat. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Eric Scott asked, what happened to the Saturday call-in show? Um, it is on hiatus right now because there's a bunch of reasons why it's on hiatus. One is just the interest and participation wasn't worth the effort that I'm putting into it. And the other part of it right now is that we have a ton of games to play and review for Q4. And it was taking up a whole day that I was normally using to play games. So probably what's going to happen here in the next week or so is I'm just going to start streaming games. And hopefully it'll be games that I'm playing for review and I'll be allowed to show them to you. Uh, but regardless, I'm going to try to kill two birds with one stone with our streams going forward as far as playing games that I need to be playing for evaluation and hanging out with you guys and doing streams with you guys. Um, today's high score is not canceled or gone for good. It's just kind of put on the back burner right now because we're in Q4 and there's just way too much stuff to get done uh, for me to have to spend the time to set up that show and then do that show and then publish that show and then promote that show. You got it. So anyway, that's what's up with today's high score. Look for more streams from us coming very soon. Um, what do you think, Matt? Do you think I should try to just put the second half of the show up first? or I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll maybe do a Twitter poll. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, so maybe go to our Twitter page. We're going to put up a poll, and you can tell us whether you want to wait. What could probably, it'll probably be a full day at least for the whole episode to go up, or whether you want us to just post the second half of the episode, provided that file also doesn't get corrupted. But I have a great day and night ahead of me. But anyway... Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for anybody who uh, is subscribed via Twitch Prime during the show. Thanks to the folks who are watching on YouTube. Thanks to people listening on iTunes who are listening on Google Play. Uh, you folks can also help us out with Twitch Prime. It makes a huge difference for us. I don't know how much more I can say it. It makes a big difference. It kind of is the difference right now. So uh, if you guys could go and do that, we'd really appreciate it. You guys have yourselves a great day. Game Face is up and out.